everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Halberton, and who's with me tonight? Michael K. Hughes, and you can scream now if you want. <laughs> Bill Tucker, it's time to get nasty. I didn't even think of anything. I was like, you know what? <laughs> you really care. didn't. Wow. I was. You're usually the most clever of all of us. Normally, but this was not a movie that... This movie, uh, this movie hurt me in places. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, Bill... What I should say before is one we are what we are covering this movie because after we finished phase two, it was time for Bill to pick a, a, a comic book movie for us to to all watch. And why don't you let him know what you picked for us? I picked the uh, tw- 2005 classic, maybe that nah, I would say classic Sin City, which is a adaptation or as Robert, Robert Rodriguez puts it, a translation of the Frank Miller series of books, again, released in 2005, directed by Robert Rodriguez of uh, Desperado fame and Once Upon a Time in Mexico and uh, and Spy Kids, you know. <laughs> wow. He did, he did most of the Spy Kids movies, yeah. And a okay. uh, good That's... friend of Quentin Tarantino. So, uh, and this is a, uh, a very pulpy, extremely faithful adaptation of the extremely dark, violent, and crude and crass and kind of amazing Frank Miller comic. So um, I thought it'd be interesting. You know, this isn't capes and flying people and superpowers. This is a, a take on um, kind of more of the, the darker side of, I guess, comic books. And I don't know the books very well. I don't know any comic books well, um, but I figured it'd be an interesting conversation if nothing else. This is one um, you don't need to know very well. I'm pretty sure. Cause now I have absolutely, no interest in ever picking up this book in my life. So. The uh, collector's edition uh, DVD, which is sitting to my right, I was really into this back in 2005. This was super my wheelhouse. So I do have the collector's edition DVD. It has actually the the Marv, the entire Marv book in it. It came with it, and it's it's almost shot for shot. I mean, you could read this book and and not see this movie as far as just what's inside it. And I don't know if this was done specifically for this version or if this is what the book actually is. Uh, But uh, Rodriguez definitely wanted to be as faithful as humanly possible to the source material. He really loves it. And we will get into the way this movie actually really does work quite well. And I think where sometimes goes over the line and (laughs) where that line is. Because I think well, that's actually where the interesting part of this is. I have a very important thing I got to mention before we go any farther. If I remember correctly, your favorite movie is Pulp Fiction, right? No, it's not my oh. favorite. No, it's I. If you want to talk about Tarantino, my favorite Tarantino movie is actually Jackie Brown. Good movie. Um, it, it's I I think because I think the Bail Bondsman is the best character he's ever written or at least adapted because that is an adaptation. It's the only movie he's ever done that's an adaptation. So, um, no, I think Jackie Brown's better, but Pulp Fiction is like a top three as far as Tarantino okay, goes. As I, as, as we more, we watch this movie, I'm like, this is a lot like Pulp Fiction and not to get too off the, off the beaten path. But if you watch Pulp Fiction again with like clear unfettered eyes, like unnostalgic eyes, there are some dead zones in that movie that are like, oof, this, this, this could use some trimming. Like we don't need this scene at all. We're just talking. Like there's there's nothing going on here. Just two people talking that's about nothing that's moving the plot or telling us about characters. So. But anyway, off topic. <laughs> OK, I, I couldn't remember. And I felt like that was an important thing to add to here. I thought I knew you liked it a lot. Well, I like Tarantino a lot. I, I yeah, I mean, I, I've seen all of his movies multiple times. And I think he's phenomenal. He's an incredible director. And Rodriguez is very similar too. he they're they're kind of genre directors. Well, Tarantino especially. Um, and this is definitely a genre type uh, pulp. Uh, film noir, uh, pulp noir style uh, comic book movie. So it falls in his wheelhouse well. 
it I, I I've never seen all of it before. I've seen parts of it before. I remember the beginning, and then that was about all that was in my head. I realized is everything else was different. I saw not. this. God, it must have been shortly after it came out on DVD. I remembered that Jessica Alba was a stripper and Elijah Wood was a cannibal, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> <sighs> Frodo, yeah. that's what happened when Frodo doesn't keep the ring. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And lets his nails grow out. Like, seriously, dude, get yourself some clippers. Come on now. Seriously. Man, like, and one thing I do got to say about this movie is it, it did pack a lot of stars in. I couldn't recognize half the damn stars, but it packed a lot in this movie. Yeah, I definitely recognized a lot of names. Like you said, they don't quite aren't quite represented well. At, well, that's poor choice of words. Like, I didn't realize Mickey Rourke was Marv until I looked it up. It's like, oh, geez. That's because the only movie I know Mickey Rourke from, and I'm assuming you might be the same, is when he plays a Russian. <laughs> and so, I'm in too. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's okay. uh, extraordinarily ugly. He's your favorite. I know. Remember this uh, that whole that whole discourse from Iron Man two when we were uh, talking about that. Ago. Yeah. Um, this is this is a movie. It's an interesting movie as far as how it was filmed too. It was um, from what I understand, Rodriguez. He he shoots a lot of stuff at home because after you know the success of Desperado. And of course, Spy Kids, he just stays at home and shoots stuff. He has his own studio. Um, he's a huge proponent of digital of digital editing and digital photography. And so he basically shot most of this movie with stand-in actors and then brought in the real actors for a couple of days to just superimpose them upon the, the shots. I don't think anything in this movie is real, like set-wise. I don't think there's a single real set in the entire movie. Everything is, you know, green screen. It's it's a green screen movie uh, from beginning to end. And if I'm wrong on that, please feel free to at me. You can. I'm not going to pay attention to you if you do. So it's fine. <laughs> really, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. But oh, it can't like be Attack real. of the Clones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. Oh, so and that kind of lends itself a lot of the surreal nature of this where it just doesn't feel real or nothing seems integrated, um, even though it kind of is. It's got a very interesting visual style, which most people like this movie for. I do, too. I think it looks beautiful at parts um there really are some stunning shots and um to go with a lot of the brutality and the horrendous acting and horrible writing but um we will those <laughs> yeah. things balance out so uh oh, and before yeah. we get too far we are going to talk about a couple like touchy subjects like like child murderers and rapists and all sorts of things like that so just been warned because it might come up because this movie is batshit insane so <laughs> it wasn't as insane as i remembered honestly i remember i was I, there's I there's a couple of things, a couple of parts in this movie where I was actually laughing and I'm like, should I be laughing? And then my brain's like, oh, no, no. Yeah, you can laugh. This is OK. This is this is cartoon Wile E. Coyote stuff. Like, it's fine. Just perfectly fine. You're allowed to laugh. And some stuff where it kind of goes over the line. But we will uh, continue onward with like, that. This movie starts off with something like I didn't understand the beginning at all because I had no like you just see a random guy which is another famous actor Josh Harnett yeah okay yeah who 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 ended up doing nothing after this because he was a huge star for maybe five years and then it turns out he decided to stop acting it's like yeah huh. I'm not able to expand my creativity in the Hollywood scene so bye like he was a star of Black Hawk Down like which is a major major hit uh, back in that era so it was just Maybe interesting to see him like, what's that 40 days and 40 nights. And 40 oh days God, and 40 nights. From. Yep. 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 I remember that. Yep. Never so seen anyway, it. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. Okay. I was, yeah, that was just weird to me how he's in like this very opening for like um, two, three minutes or maybe like five minutes, but, and it didn't make any sense. He's just dancing with this girl, which I don't know if she was someone famous too or not. I didn't really pay that much attention. And then she kills her. 
Like it was just like it was just very strange to me, and I didn't really understand what was going on. I wasn't. I didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's all mood setting, right? It's basically kind of showing you this is what this movie's going to be. We're going to have a lot of rain, always raining in Sin City because it starts to rain as as they're as he's doing his little monologue. It's just mood setting. It's cool. I think it's actually a really well done scene. I think it's very effective. Yeah, as far as setting tone uh, for what to expect, uh, it's very effective, and I think they're both really good in that scene, actually. So okay. The thing that stood out to me first was the the black and white, how there'd be splashes of color every now and then. Because, like, in that scene, it's her dress and her lips, and then when he mentions her eyes, they kind of glow a little bit. And uh, I thought that was really cool. There's only one person's eyes that grab me every time they're on screen. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, no, (laughs) this whole movie, I think, has... I love the visual styling of it. Um, again, sometimes the effects work, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're very dated, but I do hey, think this has a stunning. Than Blade too. Well, yeah, not as bad as Blade Two. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this I think this scene is really well well done. It's really uh, again a great table setter for what we're gonna have uh, for next hour and forty five minutes. It's a two hour long movie. It's two hours. It felt like longer. <laughs> I felt so bad for Mike because he's not into <laughs> horror movies. And I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, he's going to hate this. And I seen, I'm like, oh, he's going to hate this too. And I'm like, not, and not going to lie, I, I do, I think the, the discourse about this movie is going to be pretty interesting. But I also kind of sort of just wanted to get your reactions. I'm watching something that was <laughs> a lot mm, of outside my wheelhouse. Yeah, I want to put you outside your, your comfort zone because that's usually makes for good podcast <laughs> material and good reactions. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, and then we get to our credits, which is uh, all the scenes in the credits are drawn from the comic, right? So they, as they're showing the actors and actresses' names, behind that they have the, the black and white uh, drawings from the actual comic itself. The huge cast, like you said, like a big all-star cast for 2005. I mean, we're we coming up on Clive Owen, like the year before he was nominated for an Oscar for Closer. Like He's a good actor in some mm-hmm. movies. I've yeah. He was in a bank robbery movie that's really good, but I can't remember the name of it. I don't. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember though. Huh. I just remember I really liked it where he keeps like they don't realize that he's part of the crew or something, and he's faking it the whole. Like it's, but I, I wish I could remember what the hell it was called. I just remember I being a know. very good movie. Yeah, I don't remember. But uh, great podcasting. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. It was just such a weird movie. Inside Man. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. That's that's a good movie. If you have never seen it, go watch it. So right. there's my don't watch this movie. Go watch that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, but this movie just really creeped me out, even like because like I was confused for a little bit because early like the movie starts off, you have that, then you get the Bruce Willis's character, and Bruce Willis' storyline is not very long in this initial little chapter. And I was like, at first I thought, okay, we have Bruce Willis, and then he gets shot. I'm like, is that the end? I mean, I, I'm like, they just put him on the cover just to sell the movie and he's done. I'm like, what the fuck? Wrong, but I mean, yeah, it's it's fine. He's uh, so this gets us into the the second chapter, like you were saying. Um, it's called the Yellow Bastard or that Yellow Bastard. It's the first part of it, and um, this kind of book ends towards the end. So surprise, surprise, he's not dead at the end of this piece, but somehow um, he shot I, like a dozen I, times. Oh, I, I know. Well, when these plastic bullets, I guess it's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is this, and this kind of sets up now what were the this is the film noir you know, rich in that kind of idea of, again, slashing rain and you have lots of angles and, you know, of course, the black and white and the lighting is very evocative and stark and sharp. The acting is terrible. Uh, Bruce Willis, of course, is cliche cop number 85. 
Yeah, he's, he's just playing old man John McClane. He's old. Yeah, he's right. He's old man John McClane. He's going to be retiring soon. My wife's got a fat, juicy steak waiting for me. And I'm a like, bum ticker. I got a bum ticker who says <laughs> bum ticker in this day and age. <laughs> Not even in 2005. He is Nobody. off to do. He's off to um, do one last good thing before he uh, shuffles off his career, uh, which is take out the young Rourke, who is a pederast of disgusting proportions. He figures he's the last one he has to get, right? The last good thing he has to do. Um, this is a movie that's comprised of two to three word sentences. Driving there <laughs> alone. Rain on. Wife's got a steak. Steak good. And everything, everything is just literally two to three word sentences. Which again is very kind of of that style of the Frank Miller comic. Very corny, very cheesy, but it's kind of kind of delicious in just how dumb it is. And it doesn't care. It has no care. It does not care how silly it is. Uh, again, meets up with Mike Madsen, of who of course is the Quentin Tarantino favorite, who's in a oh, few of his films. I was trying to figure out who that guy was. I, I knew he was in Reservoir Dogs, is all I recognized him from, but I couldn't place it really. He's also in Kill Bill. He's one of the uh he's one of the, oh. the five. He's, he's in Kill Bill, so he plays the uh, – in Kill Bill 2, he has, is his main part. Uh, he lives in the trailer, and he works at the strip club, and he's kind of like the disgraced assassin who's just kind of said, forget it. I don't care about this at all. Maybe that's where I recognize him more from, Kill Bill. Yep, yep. He's been a couple other things too. Uh, just pops up here, there, and everywhere um, in Tarantino movies. Kind of a guy Tarantino will throw him apart. Yeah, hey, here. You got nothing else doing this weekend? Come on by. Play this role. Yeah, you know? Tarantino's odd like that. Yeah, he's loyal like that. Yeah, he 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 has his favorites. You know, so he has his buddy cop. His cop try cop friend tries to say, "Nope, don't 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 do it. We gotta wait for backup." And of course, he knows that's not gonna happen. So he goes in and takes on uh, the young little Rook. Tries to find him. That was weird too. Like this, because they're all trying to rescue like an eleven year old girl, and this is where it just gets strange too. Like this guy. Rourke, who is a senator's son, is a child molester and murderer, and it's just, it's just weird. It's it's gross. It's really hard to watch. This is not pleasant material at all. Um, this is kind of when you had your trigger warning earlier. This is one of them, right? This is this is definitely it. Obviously, you don't see anything happen um, to Nancy. Nothing. You don't see anything, right? Because that would have been just. I think they also you know, he got there in time before he started torturing her. Yes. Yeah. That, that's she, the thing. she has a line at the end of the movie that basically says that nothing happened before he got there. Yeah, he he was there in time to to save the day, so to speak. But yeah, so uh, they so and the the cop is Harrigan. Was I right? Hannigan. Hardigan. Hardigan. Cardigan. So cardigan with an H. Got it. Okay. Cardigan with an H. But yeah, the whole thing with Rourke and Nancy is hard to watch, but it's not supposed to be easy, right? Uh, who's the actor who plays creepy to become yellow man? Plays uh, him. Oh, you should look at this up first. <laughs> you oh, know, I'm, know, I'm looking right now. He's not famous. Booth. No, that's Senator Rourke. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Nick Stahl. Okay. Who the fuck is Nick Stahl? He looks yeah. familiar. Isn't, wait, hang on a second. All right. Pause the show. Put pause on this. No, I can't. John I can't. Connor in one of the Terminator movies. Terminator that's what Three. I was he is. He's in Terminator Three. Okay, that's what I remember. Good movie. It's fine. I like. Hey, listen. Up. Arnold Schwarzenegger walks out of a grave with a coffin full of guns. I mean, all right. If you're not there for that, then I don't know what you're watching a Terminator movie for. Um, <laughs> he, yeah. He's again, in actors are not recognizable in this movie. No, no, they're not. They maybe because because they, they had stand-ins for the principal photography, and then they just came on for a day and had some fun. I can't believe that's what he did. Like he gets all these big stars, and all it was is little 
moments where they're like, oh, here, shoot a couple things. All right, back to what I was doing. Yeah. So That's at weird. so so uh, once uh, once Mr. Hardigan shows up or Bruce Willis, as I kept writing down because I couldn't remember his name. Yeah, I just said Bruce Willis, too. Yeah. When Bruce Willis shows up, he uh, uh, Rourke tags him, shoots him in the shoulder. They run off to the dock where they have their big showdown. And rather disgustingly, Bruce Willis shoots off Rourke's ear in very close up, slow motion fashion. It looks like it's made of styrofoam. It's one hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It probably was. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez is sitting in his kitchen, like trying to mold styrofoam <laughs> with like an exacto knife. Hey, man, check it out! I got a great idea. You got some spray paint? Oh, don't worry about. It. I'm just gonna make it black and white in in post. <laughs> don't worry about it. It's fine. Eighty percent of this movie's in post. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's a problem, though. Proceeds to proceeds to then blow off his hand and then his nether regions. Happens often in this movie. Lots of people going for the nads, but hey, mm-hmm. all right, excellent. Uh, then of course is there's there yeah well well <laughs> wait an hour we'll talk yeah, about I know yikes okay it got to me and I don't really care about stuff like that but it was just irritating me for some oh, reason it's, it's it's not pleasant and it's and there's no reason and again that's a big thing with this movie is it's directly it's directly basically shot for shot redoing. The source material. So you can't blame anybody for this. Like you can't blame Rodriguez for it. Like, why'd you put that in there? He'll be like, well, I blame uh, that other guy. Well, Frank Miller, who also yeah. directed it, he's credited as, as a co-director on this movie. So that's the guy I guess you have to blame, quote unquote. But again, I don't really think there is any blame to be had because you kind of know what you're getting into. Like, this is your first 10 minutes, really. And it, this is setting the scene. And this is basically telling you, audience, look, this is what this is. This is what we're here for. So if you don't like it now, either turn it off or leave the theater. Maybe you can get your money to. back. Maybe not. Can't confirm. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> can't confirm. I was like, check the times like 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, there's another hour and 45 minutes of this. <laughs> oh, man. I was super into this as a kid. I, and I was a kid. When I was well, you know, 2005. I was 25 and I was super into this. Um, again, not now. I'm grown up and grown up now but there's yeah. lots of interesting things i do think this movie has a lot of beautiful stuff in it so and i can um, say it is beat for beat in the comic of the movie i'm looking at the comic right now it is beat for beat yeah even visually even from the staging of the actors to the way the actors look to their framing it's like yeah it's exact so and the colors too and like the ear blowing off that's right from the comic too yep yeah, every nearly every shot is it's shot for shot. So, which is a pretty much hey, listen, talk about adapting a film. I think actually, um, Tar- Tarantino, after Rodriguez labeled this as like a translation. He didn't consider this an adaptation. He considered it a translation. Like I'm taking this 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 um comic book and I am putting it on the screen. I'm not adapting it. I'm not changing it. Putting it on the screen, um, in a very visually stunning way. Anyway, yeah, even the lines from here are straight from like the, the dialogue he's in the movie is straight from the comic book too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty remarkable when you, when you look at it in that way. Um, so why he had to shoot his nuts off and just, and everything he just shoots the guy. I'm just, I mean, the guy deserved it. Well, there's lots of themes in this about masculinity and emasculate emasculization. What? That's not a word. And the (laughs) removal of masculinity, right? There's lots of that, you know, of having to get this done, you know, I got to do it for the girl. Um, This kind of like this old fashioned um, idea of masculinity and heroism. It just which is I think is a little old fashioned even for that era. And uh, so I think that might tie into it. I could be looking into this way too deep 
and trying to find stuff to talk about. But it is interesting that this happens multiple times throughout this film. That is a, a common theme or a common occurrence. So yeah. yeah, more than three, more than three times is a common occurrence. So Mike Madsen shows up from behind, uh, shoots Bruce Willis in the back. <laughs> Bruce Willis has this great, this very stupid line in a movie full of stupid lines. He goes, oh, that's great. Such a man. Shoot your old partner in the back. Like, dude, you punched him in the face. You <laughs> broke his glasses. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, hey, fair is fair. I mean, you know. So I, I just kind of thought that one and then blows him away. Boom, boom, boom. Sirens in the background. And Hardigan says, fair trade. Old man lives. Young, oh, old man dies. Young girl lives. Fair trade. I really thought that was the end of Bruce Willis in this movie. I'm like, wow, they just they just used him to get the movie produced. <laughs> yeah, that's how it felt at first, because I didn't realize that he comes back later. I thought that was the. I'm like, oh, that's all they did with him. I mean, it's like putting Spider-Man on the cover of Marvel comics when he's only in one panel just to sell the comic. So, oh, I mean, really? It's not not unheard of. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. And it wouldn't be the first time I've seen a movie where an actor's on the cover, but they're not actually in the movie. No, yeah. I mean, it, it happens, you know, it happens. It happens. Awesome. Featuring this person, featuring that person, you know, music, yeah. same thing, featuring Taylor Swift. And she's in the background going, oh, you know, and that's basically her feature. Yeah. <laughs> or there's always so- somebody's watching me like that song featuring Michael Jackson. That's a great song. That's a great song. Great song. <laughs> you should. Oh, uh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's a great. Song. Um, and then this it takes a weird turn. Like, this is where I got really confused. Is after he dies, it jumps to the second, the main storyline that I considered in this movie, which is called The Hard Goodbye. The Hard Goodbye. And I got to say, Mickey Rourke never looks like, I don't know what the fuck Mickey Rourke looks like, because he just looks like whatever the hell they throw on him and throw him in the movie. <laughs> so in my notes, I have him as, he's a mix between a Dick Tracy villain, Max Payne, Tombstone from Spider-Man, and Duke Nukem in this movie. Wow. He's some I, combination of all that. Yes, awesome he is. Wolverine. No, he's he got some Wolverine die. Yeah, he's got some Wolverine steez. Yeah, hit him with the car three times at top speed. It's fine. Just get up and stagger to his own. God, no problem. No, again, you know what? If ever I say this is dumb, it is dumb, right? But you know what? In the back of my brain, I can see Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino turning their heads going, whatever. And then turning back to whatever show they're watching. They don't care. They know it's dumb. But who cares? Enjoy yourself. Take it in for what it is. And I think that's how you have to approach this movie. And I guess I didn't know this, but the comic, the actual Sin City comic, that is the story of the hard goodbye, it looks like, where he wakes up and Goldie's dead and you have all that whole weird thing. Yeah, so Sin City is a series, again, I think six books, and these are four of them. And I think the other uh, the other film does the other two or three. So this is a, yeah, this is basically a series of books that um, Frank Miller wrote many, 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 many years ago. And um, yeah, this is just focusing on three or four of the of the books in that. 1991 is when it started. Wow. Okay. Oof, okay. And it ran to 2000. Except also with Frank Miller, one thing that I don't know if everyone realized, he got to a certain point where he wrote comics just to sell a movie. That's all he did. He would write a concept, make up something, make a couple of issues, just enough for a movie. Then he would cut the ser- cut the series and move on. And that's how he's like he's made so many movies because of that. <laughs> what a maverick! God, or not maverick? What a uh, mercenary! Dang. Okay. So right. That's, that's like kind of what he does. And I know people in the comic world, some people don't like him because for that, because all he's trying to do is make movies. Interesting. So it's like 80s cartoon executives who make cartoons just to sell toys. Yeah. It's exactly. still going on to this day. Oh, yeah, but that's where it started, I feel. Yeah. Hey, how about, let's get the GoBots out there to, uh, oh, to American audiences. 
we were a GoBots house at my family. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah. And <sighs> things were cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, trans- I watched that Transformers toys that made us yeah. not too long ago. Yep. Yep. It's pretty good. Pretty so, uh, yeah. So, so we start off with Rourke and we meet him, um, in the throes of passion with Goldie. That made no sense to me. Well, I mean, it, it, everything is dropped in without context, right? So, you, you know, Bruce Willis dies. Next thing we have is, you know, hanky panky with an extraordinarily mm. ugly man and a extraordinarily you know, beautiful woman. And uh, you're thinking, okay, what's going going on here? Strange. But again, no context. Just kind of throws you in there. Turns up he wakes up the next morning. She is dead. He is baffled that this happened because no one sneaks up on Mickey Rourke because he is Mickey Rourke and decides that he is going to avenge her. Uh, even though he's only known her for one drunken night. It, and I think you do see a brief shot of Frodo in the background sneaking up in the house before he passes out, which Elijah yeah. would. I'm just going to yes. call him Frodo this movie. That's fine. <laughs> That's it. It's, it's perfectly fine. Um, yeah, this is fine. Again, this is all stage setting for the, for the you know, basically his entire motivation for this entire film. No other motivation needed. That's it. Revenge. Gold. Gotta find who killed Goldie. <laughs> gotta oh. find the guy who killed Goldie. That's yep. it. The, the take, only girl who's ever been nice to him. Take a shot every time he says Goldie. Yeah, seriously. You, do not do that. You know what? It'd be a more comfortable <laughs> way to finish this movie off than watching the rest of it. Just pass out <laughs> midway through like, uh. <laughs> Probably be more enjoyable when you get to the later part being drunk off your ass when you're watching that. You guys <laughs> didn't enjoy this? I actually had I had a decent time with it, to be honest. I, you know, I... And I don't think I loved it as much as I did back in 2005. As I like to say, growth happened. But, you know, I I really still enjoyed this for what it was. You just got to lean into it. Lean I'm into it. I'm pretty sure that the rate this is going to go is Mike was the lowest. I'm in the middle and you were the highest. I'm pretty sure that's the way to put it. I think that might but, be. I think that's a super fair bet. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> I, I could have guessed that before we yeah. started the episode. Yeah, that's I, bank loans. I think that's no no risk there. There were parts <laughs> there were parts that I enjoyed. Like everything with Marv, like when he's breaking out and he's fighting the cops and he's stealing a car. Like there was a cool scene where he jumps through a hood of uh the front window of the car feet first. Okay, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. And, and the splashes of blood, the only red on the screen, and everything's black and white. I mean, there were cool moments where I'm like, I was getting into the movie. But it's just like when the violence gets violent, it gets so over the top, even though like and even though it's black and white and it's not and it's kind of cartoony in a in a in a in a sense, it just there were a couple of things that really I was just like, nope, <laughs> time to check out. <laughs> like uh, you had after you rate the hotel, you have what I wrote down as sexy Claire, where I got to say this movie loved half naked women put in here for some reason yes there's nothing but there's, there's nothing but which again i'm not you know it's i'm like, not complaining oh. it just didn't feel i mean i know it's from the comic like that that with claire standing there with a gun just in her just in her underwear that's straight from the comic because i've been flipping through the comic while we're talking yeah. that's straight up panel for panel yeah and we just, just really quickly when he when he throw when uh when work a uh, throat not work geez when um what's marv marv thank you when <laughs> marv uh ditches the car into the ocean or to the into the lake or whatever that is he does his best best mario brothers and kind of just swims infinitely <laughs> yeah. underwater oh, yeah. without need to breathe through, through the, the sewer pipe even yeah <laughs> 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 he does go yeah you're right let's go through a pipe too yep. yeah yeah uh, i noted that too like man he's been underwater for a long time it is rather silly but again this is the comic book part of of this movie and it's fine you say okay movie i'll i will accept your accept your silliness because it's clearly going to be violent and silly and gritty and all the above but yeah see me claire and she's uh his parole officer of course i like claire and she, 
She, yeah, she's good. She she provides him his medicine, which I guess keeps him from being a homicidal maniac because there's clearly meds you can take for that, obviously. Uh, he has a nice little monologue about how these are the old days where just beating people in the face is what you do because that's that's what you do in the bad old days. Boy, does him like we haven't mentioned it yet, but like there's more over narration and monologuing to the audience than there is spoken dialogue in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, Everything's everything's narration. It's very. Oh, I was wrong. Uh, Her name is Lucille. Lucille, yeah, you're right. Lucille. Sorry, Claire is someone else. It's it's very twenties radio detective show. Like, yeah, it's, it's the vibe, and yeah. yeah, it's the vibe it's going for, right? And that's kind of what this is. It's yeah, like you said, it's a lot, mostly narration, not a ton of dialogue. When the dialogue is there, it's not terribly good. Nor is the performances very good. I doubt whether or not the actors were in the same room. I don't know because again, this is all this is all done in pre-product post-production. The more you told me, I don't even want to think the actors are in the same state for some of the stuff. <laughs> like, it's just, so, oh, oh, Bruce Willis, you're oh, you're you're in your bathroom, right? Oh yeah, that's fine. Shoot in the bathroom, it's cool. Yeah, just take your phone and just do your bath. That's fine. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I'll just fix it in post. I'll fix it in post. Yeah, it's just and it's just some weird ass shit. Yeah, <laughs> everything with Marv is strange. Like you, like I, you have the part with with the Lucille, and you have like he murders people in an alley, which was kind of cool. And it, when you go, there's a saloon that keeps popping up throughout the movie, at least through Marv's part, and then continues on. And you see Jessica Elba's character, which she goes by the name. Do they call her by her character's name in this part, or just something else? I can't remember. Yeah, they do. Nancy. Okay, it didn't click to me that that's Nancy all grown up from the first scene. It did not click until way near the end of the movie. Man, we'll get there. That's. Whew. We also yeah, see the uh, uh, Brittany Murphy. Yep. So sad. Right. I, I, I saw her and I was like, like, oh, yeah. I saw her and I was like, oh. Yeah, you had to You kind of have that moment. Yeah. But I anyway. forgot about her and then I remembered. Oh, yeah. Not, not an actress I think about very often. Well, she was a pretty big star at that point, too. Like she she was uh, she was an eight mile, uh, which I think one of her bigger roles. Um, I mean, she had a bunch of did a bunch of work. Hey, so, she's uh, happy feet, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Does that count? I've seen that movie she was in. Yeah, she she passed away. I don't remember from what, but ammonia. Oh, pneumonia. Oh, Oh, God. At age of thirty-two, from my age right now. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, That's that's sad. She was in a lot of movies too. I'm looking at her, all her movies, and it was a lot before she passed away. Yeah, she did. She did a lot of work. Again, everyone in this movie is most everyone is a pretty big star at this point. And we also meet Clive Owen, uh, who plays Dwight. We have no context on who this person is. You know, Brittany Murphy gives him a a coy smile as she hands him a whiskey. And he <laughs> delivers one of my favorite lines in this movie where he explains how Marv is. Like, he uh, clearly he knows who Marv is. And he explains to the audience in narration, as Michael <laughs> clearly has said. He kind of explains how Marv was born in the wrong century. Like, mm-hmm. he, he really should have been born with the Vikings or with, like, the gladiators. And that explains a lot. Like someone who's almost addicted to the violence and addicted to the brutality and the and the energy of that. Right. Of like that kind of adrenaline rush of just being brutal. So, yeah, it was an interesting little moment. I like that quite a bit. And we get our Nancy reveal, which is, you know, it meant nothing. It went right over my head. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I had no idea who she, I'm like, oh, Jessica Alba. Oh, yeah. She's in this movie. Yeah. That's as far as it went. She was a big deal in this time, too. Jessica Alba was a huge star. She was star. in that Fantastic Four movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff. She had Dark Angel at one point. I like Jessica Alba. A Fantastic Four movie will be on the show at some point. <laughs> sure it will be. Sure All three of us, I don't know, but it will be on at some point. Sure it will. But, yeah, so they kind of, again, her intro, which is one of those, like, 
you know, like embarrassed with my wife's around, like, oh, hon, seriously, no, I'm, I'm, this is for this is for the podcast. This is for the show. I, <laughs> this Nobody's is, watching this, is, this by choice. This, this is old me. This was watched on my computer, by the way. This was, <laughs> was not in. <laughs> this was not for public consumption. I asked my wife. I'm like, so, Jim, do you want? I'm going to watch Sin City. Uh, do you want to watch it with me? She goes, I've never seen it. I'm like, he's got a lot of violence and nudity <laughs> and, and in black and white. It's a comic movie. She goes, have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> my wife had to work today she's like oh i already want to be home i'm like well if you were home then you'd have to watch this movie with me she's like yeah that's true that's fair <laughs> i think she would rather pick work than watch this movie like, i'd love to hang out with you mike but you gotta watch that crap i'm saying i'll work yeah so uh so once we get our introduction to to uh, mr owen and oh, miss alba oh i go ahead. say um tiff actually enjoyed was watching this movie with me and she got to us she was like during the marv stuff she's like what the hell is wrong because he just wouldn't die but she was getting into the movie he's max Payne, and too and but he, do i told her about Payne. like the way the the way the movie goes with bruce willis she's like no i'm good i don't need to see any of that i'm like you're right you don't need to see any of that no no because there are there are some triggery things in here um for sure so <sighs> but thank you for that trigger warning i forgot but I, We'll move, we'll move right along because uh, so uh, this is a silly scene. This again, this is more of just this is this is really more just violence for the sake of violence. You know, Marv is led out by the by a couple of hitmen um, who are easily dispatched and again, brutal, violent fashion shot and all the rest of it. Um, he takes their coat, which is a very funny recurring kind of theme. That's a mighty <laughs> I did, fine coat I didn't you like have. that. That's a fine coat you have. Um, we have our second crotch shot. Of the uh, of the of the production, we're twenty minutes in. Two crotch shots, not fine. Of course, he admits to he gives him the, the next clue to lead him to the big bad, which is work. Blows him away, and then we see a sh- we see Goldie. Oh, I we do see have Goldie one question appear. for you. When yes. does this take place? Does this take place after the rest of the stories have ended? No, <sighs> it doesn't. It can't because this has to take place before because Nancy is still at the so- bar. When Bruce Willis's character walks in and sees Nancy in the bar at the end, you can see Marv, Marv at the right. bar. So this at least takes place after that. Okay. Right. And I guess it could have made sense that she would just go back to her job, right? It's not like she's not going to work anymore. Yeah, I don't know. That, that doesn't really, it's not clear. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that's what I was just thinking of during no, that's this. A question. Yeah, we see Goldie. She's there with a the gun. I'll get you for this. Um, so... so <laughs> So is this, uh, this is where she's hitting him with the car. Yeah. No, is it? Yes, it's, it's uh, right around here. If the, I, I think it's right. It's near here where they go out. He goes outside and she's shooting at him. I do think we see her before she she starts no. running down. Hang on one second. Oh yeah, no, no. This is after we have our. This is when we have our montage of him just beating people up in violent, brutal ways. Uh, we have the shot of him shoving someone's face into a toilet, which mm. also and beating him with the. Oh, oh that was actually later. See that funny? I just time. said the. I just said the sentence. He pushes somebody's face into a toilet, beats him with the lid. Oh, no, that happens later, which implies there's two parts in this film. <laughs> there so are. He's pushed into a toilet and Surprise! gets beat. Yay. Uh, so, the, so toilet guy, um, we get our face scrape with the car, which made me laugh hard. Oh, face yeah, scrape. Face scrape. Great. Yeah, it's good. He goes, I don't know about you, but I'm having a ball. <laughs> it's great. So where Marv is driving down the road, holding this guy's face yeah. to the road as he drives. So gross. But it's played so for laughs. It is laugh. It is played for laughs, and that's kind of why you have to kind of lean into it and realize how comic booky and silly this is. Really, compared to what's in- coming shortly after this, it has to be played for laughs. Yeah, good point. So uh, we get we get to the church with the priest. We have this. There's there's a little bit of religious subtext in here, like the evil of religion. Uh, okay, kind of very ham handed. 
I like that stuff, but not not. Okay. It didn't really fit. Okay, that's fair. I, I, I yeah, it's fine. I, it's just it seemed kind of ham handed that the the big bad, of course, is a priest, and the priest has his hands and everything. But everything points to Rourke blows away the priest. Um, and again, in very stylish fashion. According and, to IMDb, the priest is Frank Miller. Oh, really? Mm. Well then, okay. I did not. I did not know that. We learned something new. Me neither, but that's what IMDb says, so it must be true. <laughs> And then we get probably one of my favorite lines in the movie as he's leaving the church. Um, Marv says that modern cars all look like electric shavers. Would I? I love that because he's so right. I ever <laughs> ever since I've seen that movie for the last fifteen, where are we? Fifteen years later now. Every time I think of, I, I just kind of driving along and I'll see a car. I'm like, looks like an electric shaver. Marv's right. It does look like an right. And I will think that I've probably thought that thought three hundred times since seeing this movie. <laughs> Every once in a while, I look at a car and say, you know what? Does look like an electric shaver, huh? He's got a point. It's just further proof that he's born in the wrong century. Wrong, born in the wrong century. And this is when we get to the point where Goldie, uh, well, fake Goldie, as we come to learn, runs him over with a car, hits him three times. No biggie. And just gets uh, back into his vehicle and drives off. I have it in my notes as Marvis stuck in a boss fight. <laughs> it's one of those cheap ass boss fights that just where the enemy keeps hitting you and you get, as soon as you get up, they knock you down again. That's really good. <laughs> That's <very> good. <laughs> and then I don't remember why, but something happens and he heads to the farm. Like, oh, I think the priest tells him to go to the farm yeah, or something. The, pri- the priest finally spills the beans that it's the work kid. Go to the farm. You'll see everything you need to know. That shocks him. Um, I like as he's driving there, he's trying to take his pills, but all the medicine keeps falling out of his mouth. <laughs> it's falling all over the place. <laughs> he goes to wipe his mouth and just dumps him. <laughs> he just dumps them. Yeah. It's like, oops, that's not good. That's the sign of bad things to happen. God, and this up, is yeah, this is work. probably one of the goriest and sickest things that I've watched in a movie in a long time. That just this whole farm part, just I don't, I don't like it at all. And you're not supposed to. Oh, I mean, I don't know. You like horror movies? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is a Bill thing. <laughs> no, I don't like horror movies. I don't like gore, and I don't. I just have. I mean, I know it's fake. And all, I just like. I just don't like it. It doesn't do it for me. And he gets hit in the, I, I forgot, but he ends up fighting Elijah Wood's character, which is like, a, well, he's Elijah Wood. He's a little guy that moves all fast and has nails that are razor blades or something like weird like that. And a Charlie Brown shirt. And a Charlie Brown shirt. And, uh, and cons, which hap- which is the second character in this movie who wear uh, super rad cons. And he's got yeah. the anime glasses where typically you just see white circles in front of his eyes instead of his actual eyes. Very good. Yeah, he snakes oh. up. Uh, smashes in the face with a sledgehammer because he's got blood in his eyes. And I think this is what you're talking about when he uh, ends up in the cell. Yes, this part got me. Like, I had no memory. Right. I did not remember it, but like, you, it doesn't take long before he wakes up in the cell and Lucille's there and she's like, he eats them. He made me watch. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it, it just, she ends up showing, she one, you see all these heads on the wall. Yeah, just head, people's heads on the wall, women's heads. And then you find out she's missing. A, and she shows you she's missing her hand. Yeah. And he ate her hand and she had to watch him eat it. Like, it is just a gross, like everything. Eh, it's a little disturbing. A little bit. It's rather disturbing. Uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> yes. this is just. Yeah, you can you can say rather. It's um, worse. I forgot about the hand eating before I was watching it. Uh, and I was, I'd forgotten about it. And then when they revealed that, I was like, oh, wow, that's just. Mm mm. Not pleasant, not pleasant at all. I, I I did not giggle at that. So please, all right. That's, no, that's it, not it's you... it's meant to be very disturbing. Like when, even when, like all the cops show up, and then I like it where Lucille's like, "I'm I'm ready for off," and they just shoot her in the head anyway. Like just, when you find all the cops are you know evil too, and they're working for the senator who's you know corrupted. It's just 
just everything about this part was just so depressing. Like I just want to turn off the movie and be done. I did yeah, not, it, <laughs> this this is it's tough. This is not this is again, you're about half an hour in now, and this is this is not pleasant at all. The um the thing with this is also this is the first time where you kind of see how this movie really treats women. And it's easy to say it's exploitive because it is. It's it's like an expo- exploitation movie almost. But when we get to Old Town, we can we'll talk about that. But this is how it kind of refers to he's first to women as dames a lot, which again that 1920s, 1930s, meh, she meh, I'm dame, she meh. <laughs> like a lot of that kind of style. And also he has a line here where he says, you know, sometimes dames just need to scream it out. And I'm like, no, it's not how mental health works. But again, in the <laughs> he's world gotta of build something. As yes. we learned in Iron Man 3. <laughs> yes. It's got to build something. You're fine. Just just get some Legos. You're good. So, I mean, you know, so we're, we're kind of starting to see some of the backwards way that this movie does treat women. Again, what's okay in 2005 is probably not okay now. It's just the way life works, the way you know, history works and society and all that. But again, taken in the context of the film, I can't get mad at it. I can't get all social justice warrior on it because um, it's it's what it is. This is the world you're living in right now where where this is kind of how it is. But I think it's interesting to think about, you know, like, huh, this was actually everyone. No one minded. Right. No one really brought this up. Critically, this was acclaimed. Critics love this. This holds a, a 70 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is about right. And but when I remember when it first came out, it was critically lauded. Like this is a visual spectacle. It's a visual breakthrough. This is wonderful. Right. It's a great adaptation. No one really mentioned this part of it, you know, like the hyper violence, how it desensitizes and all that sort of thing. So it's we live in different times for sure. Um, But yeah, he breaks out after some exposition that we already knew that no one cares about. Again, when this movie starts really just sitting and talking, feel free to tune out because there's nothing interesting really happening. We already know what's going to happen. And then, like you said, Mike, the police come. They blow away Lucille. Marv goes through with a hatchet, does some uh, does some business. I think it was at that point, right? Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah, he, he kills everybody. They're like, there's no sign of the suspect. He's like, here's your sign. He swings <laughs> to the axe and hits a dude in the crotch. Like, what? what is it with this movie and balls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're it, here it, num- number three. It's just unnecessary, and it's just, I don't know. Like, it, it's irritating me. I mean, it, it just, I don't know, it's just the violence of this part with everything, like, just really kind of made me not get into this movie at all totally i mean when it comes to all the different parts this was probably this area is one of my least favorites so yeah i I mean there's i mean i have i have some that i thought were worse later on of course the biggie which of course we'll get to oh yeah there's (laughs) i i did like it when he gets caught by the hookers and he's tied up in in old town where all the hookers live that that was amusing me and yeah. they're beating him with the gun. And when he finds out Goldie, this is Goldie's sister. And this is why she looks just like Goldie's his twin sister. And when he, when he gets done, like, okay, let's go kill Rourke. And he just, the ropes that were supposedly tying him, he just drops them off like they were nothing and just leaves. That did amuse me. It made me laugh a little. Yeah. That's, he just yeah. want to take the chance to talk some sense into him, he says. Right. He figured, you know, he he figures it's it's a weird line and balance between you're not really a threat, so I'm not concerned. To, or And the, the other side of the line, which is what the movie's trying to do, is say, oh, he's not going to hurt a woman. Right. Even though he does, you know, 15 minutes later. He even says minutes. that. He's like, I don't hurt women. Yeah, I don't. I don't hurt dames, you know, or something like that. And just kind of showing that, hey, he's he's clearly not the person who who did this, even though they thought he did. And he's willing to to help avenge her timely demise. Uh, we see Rosario Dawson, who was a pretty big star at the time as the lead 
as the lead lady of the night. I, I did like that. But I also have a thing for like any time <laughs> women are dressed up in like dominatrix outfits. It, it, I have a thing for that. Like one of the comics that I bought, the first the first Invaders issue I bought, which is a nineteen a World War II comic with Captain America, Namor, and the Human Torch, but not Johnny Storm, not that Human Torch. The first issue I bought of that that made me interested and want to read that book was there's a there was a villain for some reason in nineteen seventies that's a dominatrix villain who works for Hitler and has swastikas on her, and I bought that comic book. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, con- confess- confessing a lot here on the show, are we? All right. Well, one, I'm obsessed with World War II, and I I just yes. love everything about that. And that that's and I I own the entire run of that. So I never read it, but I have the entire run just because it because of that comic. This yeah. is the the second time Rosario Dawson's shown up on this show, Mike. What was the first time? Uh, it was in Percy Jackson, where she was Persephone. Okay. You know what? I like this version better. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that that's. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, so it, it, it got my attention then. I was like, okay, now, now I'm interested in a little bit more of this movie. It's like texting Mike that, uh, she kind of gave me an, an 80s storm with the Mohawk vibe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What did you guys think of, of Old Town as a setting, as an idea? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not the person to be asking right now. Mike, you talk. Oh, okay. I'm going to shut up. Oh, I got nothing. Like, well, I was just going to say, I think it's very interesting because that's where, again, this movie's towing the line between female empowerment and exploitation. Uh, because, again, it, it is played for, you know, titillation for the most part, right? Scantily clad women or, you know, prancing around and the whole prostitution thing. But it also can make a case for um, empowerment, how they, they own it, right? They own Old Town. They're no longer slaves or subject to, I shouldn't say slaves. They, they're no longer subjects or subservient. That's the better term. They're no longer subservient to um, the mob or or to the pimps they've cleaned it out and now they have their own community really of let's be honest of of sex workers and depending on how you feel about that sort of thing is totally up to your prerogative but um you know and there's kind of there's an empowerment to that like we take care of ourselves we don't need anybody else to take care of it and we have this kind of deal struck with the cops where hey they don't come over here to bother us we don't bother them we give them some freebies and that's kind of the shaky truce that we have i really really like that i think there is something somewhat empowering about women not only again like owning this you know again regardless of what you think about the actual work that they're doing them kind of owning this piece of this very violent and brutal world um i think is rather cool so i like all this old town stuff actually quite a bit i did too i i really did but then again like i said before that was i was much more interested in the movie when rosario dawson showed up and i like the part <laughs> where he asked for handcuffs she's like what kind like just give him just give him what you have like i was just i was like okay, yeah funny right got me for a little bit here i'm interested that was funny. It was cool. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I have a collection. <laughs> I was like, all right, there you go. This is where we. This is where we meet Alexis Bedell's character too. Oh God, I <laughs> like this movie's mostly black and white with something colored. And for those that don't know who that is, it's the girl from Gilmore Girls, the younger one. And her eyes, her blue eyes, just pop out so much. And I, every time she's on the screen, I'm just like, I can just stare at her eyes this whole time. <laughs> I'm okay. Like I just, I just like her a lot. I think she. I also really like the movie Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which she's in. Oh, yeah. always... Very odd choice to, to, to see her in, given the other movie? stuff that she's done. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, she's in uh, uh, Handmaid's Tale, too. Is she really? Don't ever, ever watch that, Mike. Don't go near it. Oh, Handmaidens? Uh, I hear it's pretty brutal. Yeah, I want to see it. I, you you should watch it. Just Mike I, I, not. I want to, yeah. I've been, been wanting to see that. It's a really good show, and it's a very well-done show, but there are too many similarities to our current world that get a little creepy to watch. Mm. And like it, 
looking off top for a second, but it really shows you what would happen if you let certain religion ideas run the world in today's world where women are pretty much almost like slaves and stuff. Like women can't read against the law for them to read. And if you break a law, they don't throw you in prison. They start cutting things off, depending on what you did. Yes, Jesus. It's <laughs> like, let's say here you had uh, marriage or let's say here you had sex out of wedlock with someone and you're married. They're not just going to arrest you or, you know, divorce you or shoot you. No, they're going to drown you and drown you instead as your punishment. It is a very brutal show, but it's very good. I just, I can't handle, I can't do it. No. But it's very good. I mean, the actress, in, uh, and she's in that in that show, she plays uh, one of the handmaids, and it, she plays a very, like, very adult character, and she does a very good job acting. All right. So, you check it out. Well, yeah, I'll, I will, I, I've been, I've been uh, wanting to see that, so I, I think, uh, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. So, after this part, so we, we make our way to to the farm. Back to the farm. Uh, Wendy goes with uh, Rourke. They con- they have some conversations, repeating things you already know. He, Goldie was the only one who was kind to me. That's it. Um, every once in a while, he's every once in a while he slips and calls her Goldie, which is which is pretty interesting because it kind of shows that he's starting to get a little confused. He spilled all his medicine on the floor, and with his big mitts, he can't pick it up. So it's just it's really leave confused it there, I guess. a little bit here. Yeah. So we get to the farm. He actually picks up some supplies from the local hardware store for the, as the shopkeep said, the old, uh, how would he say, of the old home security, mm-hmm. <laughs> his razor wire and his tubing and his everything else. God. Then we get back to the farm. Mike's favorite uh, location. This is when I want to turn the movie off. Yeah, this gets, this is, this is the, this is the roughest part. He, he sets up a trap for um, Elijah Wood. Is Elijah Wood? Yes. He sets up oh. a trap for Elijah Wood. Throws a gas canister into the house, kablooms the house. He leaps out, um, dodges all the traps. They have some close quarters. Um, he, uh, Marv applies the handcuff to applies the handcuff to his wrist, and that prevents him from jumping around. And then one good shot across the jaw, the very fake blood plop across the screen, and uh, we get to the scene where uh, he uses that rubber tubing. And we see the demise of Kevin, which I just remembered the character's name was Kevin. This is one of the just, and, he, and you don't see what he just talked about. He didn't even make a single noise when I cut off his limbs. And I'm like, what? And then as the camera pans out, you just see Elijah Wood sitting there with no arms and no legs, just smiling. Yep. And then there's a dog you see earlier. And then the dog comes over and I'm just like, turn off this movie now. Yeah, and you you only see the really br- brutal stuff. The really most the most brutal thing is, of course, the dog pulling at the meat of his leg. But you see that all in stark silhouette, in like white on black silhouette. So it's not, you know, obviously it's not as gruesome as you would think. It kind of toes the line. I've seen worse. I saw worse this year. <laughs> Nothing because you look for it. I do not. I no 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 no. I do not look for it. That's not. I'm not going on grossface.com and saying, "Ooh, what's the most disgusting thing?" I no, can but when I see a horror movie, I go next, next, next. Well, let's just say I I saw the lighthouse earlier this year, and the ending of the lighthouse is worse than that. So, no. Nope. All right, check to never watch that movie. Thank you. God, it's, God, it's amazing. It's so be it's a beautifully made movie. One of the best movies I've seen in quite some time. I, I might I've like heard it a little more than things about it. Yeah, I might like it a little more than Parasite, but anyway. Oh yeah, so yeah, my, so 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 uh, Michael, where where were you on this scene? Uh, the, mm, the, it didn't it didn't bother me. Like it's a it looks so fake that like yeah, it didn't fake yeah. me. It's there's not wor- there's worth stuff in this movie. There is, and you're you're right. It, it does look very fake. It's very it's not meant to be silly. It's meant to be gross and harrowing. 
it doesn't quite pull that off. It, it's it's fake. It's obviously not. Yeah, yeah they really awesome. they really only show it for a few seconds before it it cuts back to the close up of Frodo's face. Right, right. Which is which is pretty chilling. Which is that that that's him him just like staring off into the distance while his what's left of his limbs are being devoured by an animal by his own dog. Yeah, by his own dog. Oof. Not fun. Not fun. That's ch- it was that's that piece is very chill. This is the part that I was wondering like when the next cuz after he does this and he kills him, he show, he goes back to Jessica Alba's apartment and I was wondering not once I figure out who Nancy was if this was taking place after the the yellow bastard event part ends and she's back working again. That's kind of how I took it now that I've seen, you know, the whole movie. But yeah, I, I don't this this two second scene that just starts and stops. Yeah, it doesn't do much, and he gets arrested. Well, he gets shot up and arrested, and the police beat him, and you have all that happens. It's weird. Well, it looks. It sounds like he was in prison for a while. I think before they ended up taking him to the electric chair and just murder him. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Did you? I mean, this is well because after this very brief scene, we he goes after Rourke, the the, the priest. Oh, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, he goes after priest Rourke, and he ha- he has a little assault on the. You know, we see him snap some necks, and very years. quick. Like, there's no big deal getting into the bedroom of of Pope Rourke and uh, hands over Kevin's head. Mr. Ugh. Rourke is Mr. Yeah, Rourke that is bothered very... me more. The the two decapitations in this movie is like it still looks super fake, but it's it's still gross. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly a prop head. I again you have your your little religious dig where he plops it on the Bible on an open Bible. Like, oh okay. I missed that. Oh yeah. Yeah he plops it right down on on his open Bible. It's like okay, well he fine. We get it, but um, symbolism. <laughs> Great, Robert. Yeah, so Ke- we learned that Kevin. He was aware of Kevin's eating situation. Uh, he <sighs> he joined in the eating because yeah. he filled it with white lights. <laughs> and it was only uh, it was only prostitutes that they ate. Right, they weren't people. They weren't actually people with you know hearts and you know thoughts and feelings. I mean, it's kind emotions. of emotions. Like it's a look on how some, especially some people in religion, you know, that are very religious upbringing will view sex workers. They'll view them that kind of way. I mean, not that they should be eaten, but just like that they're that they're criminals or in a different way. Right. I feel like you can cite. So I, I, I mean, they were going for the very extreme, extreme version of it, but that's kind of how I took it. Yeah. I mean, it's probably what the symbolism is for. Yeah. But again, it's just, it's ham handed. And the end, it, we're, it's all source material. So I want to, like, say Mr. Rodriguez, but it's really Mr. Miller. You know, that's. Mr. Miller's crazy. He is a crazy man. <laughs> I'm sure he's, he's, he sounds like a crazy man, but that's fine. He's allowed. Oh, and um, apparently Jessica Elba takes Goldie to the airport. I don't remember that's in the film, but it's in the comic that I'm looking at right now while we're talking. Oh, Oh, okay. okay. I, I don't, I don't know. I guess, uh, that might be part of the story. That might be part of the, the comic that I just didn't, uh, maybe there's also a bunch of deleted scenes. A lot of violence was deleted from this movie. Wow. It was, there was some violence removed. So I don't know if it's on the deleted scenes. I didn't get a chance to watch it. I wanted to before this recording, but got busy. So you didn't miss anything. I'm sure. Did we mention that, uh, Kevin was the one that killed Goldie? I don't know. No, I don't think we mentioned it, but it's kind of like understood. Like he's the only person that could have possibly done it. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if it's explicitly said. It's, uh, it's said in there. It is. It's, yeah, okay. it's like you said that when Kevin sneaks up on Marv before, he's like, well, no one sneaks up on me except for the bastard who killed Goldie, which means that this guy did it. And yeah. then Wendy wants to, to kill Kevin herself, and that's when Marv hits a woman. Right, he said right. he wouldn't do. Oh, right. That's <laughs> okay. right. Yeah, she wanted to finish him off, and he's like, nope, I'm not going to let you get the satisfaction of killing this person humanely. Um, I'm going to brutalize him in the most vicious way possible. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, everything Marv does is brutal. Like when he ki- when he gets to the Pope and he kills was the was the Pope the senator or was no, that the, no, the no, grandfather? No, no, no. The Pope is okay. Yeah, the senator I think is the son of the Pope, and then Yellowface is the son of the senator. Okay. Yes. That's right. Or was his brother? It might be a brother. I, he's either brother or dad or who knows. It just the, the Pope seems pretty old. So I, I don't know if he's. That's why I, I was wondering. Eh, it doesn't matter. He's his evidently Mar- Marv crushes his face. And the lot of the violence that happens off screen in this movie is a lo- more jarring than the stuff that's on screen. This one really got me like you don't see what's happening. You just hear crunching and straining and then you see the, the blood spotter on marv as he's doing whatever he's doing i don't want to know what he's doing i really don't i don't want to see that don't need that assume he was like crushing his head with his I'm, hands i'm assuming with his mitts that's the last time i'll say that which makes me laugh. he refers to his <laughs> fists as mitts but then well, the he calls him in the movie so he did he did you know, there is that he did um then the cops appear they see him doing what he's doing they shoot him 20 times and ends him up in the hospital. And this is kind of the, the this mirrors uh, Hardigan later on in the film, kind of what he does in the hospital. He gets framed on his last night before his execution. Wendy appears, says it's okay to call him, call her Goldie, which I think is actually strangely sweet. You know, she <laughs> understand. I, I think that's that a like, weird scene. That's her understanding that, you know, he's, you know, he's, uh, this is his last night on earth. So, you know what? Call me Goldie. If it'll give you a little solace, it'll give you a little peace, a little comfort before before your electric, electrocution, then fine. Let's let's go for it. So oh, all that's kind of yeah, all of that was kind of uh, sad, a little sad. It was interesting to me. I was watching it. and I'm like, oh, this this is this is a downer, you know, because I know what's gonna happen, right? But I was thinking like, should I be all that sad? Because Marv doesn't need to be. Like he's he's got to go. <laughs> he's a problem. Like this man's a time bomb waiting to go off. Like if he survived his whole ex- escapade with Rourke, he'd just be he would his medication would run out because um, Lucille's gone. His contact yeah. is gone. So you know what? This might be for the best <laughs> society. Uh, can we all agree? But yeah, and then he, they zap him. They'd have to zap him twice because, again, very gross. He's like spinning up blood and he's going, is that all you got, you pansies? <laughs> yeah, it was like, I was like, I'm ready to be. I was like, oh, am I, am I nearing the end of this movie? And I'm like, nope. I'm oh, I, had, oh, I, had, I, had a, I had a good laugh at that. That's funny. It's funny. That's a funny line. Loud. No. What did you think about all this, uh, this whole jail sequence there, Michael? Uh, I thought it was kind of weird they just like let Wendy lay down with them, like she spent the night with them in the jail cell. Yeah, very good point. In the comic, yeah, but I mean, in, in the world of the film, would they just let him have just his last night with somebody? Maybe nobody seems very sympathetic to anybody in this film, in this world of Sin City, right? That's a good question. Also, huh. if they were going to electrocute him anyway, why let him sit in a hospital bed for eighteen months to heal and then immediately beat him to death anyway? Or near death. Because it's a crazy-ass town. (laughs) It's a crazy-ass town. It just seemed odd. I mean, that's how I took it. Because, I mean, this whole town, like, everyone's corrupted. Everything is, there's something wrong going on. So, hold on. Now that I'm I'm piecing this together. Police break into the Pope's house. They shoot this guy that's killed the Pope a hundred times. And then they take him to a hospital? Like, weren't they trying to kill him when they shot him? Well, I think, weren't they police? Because I think what they wanted to do is... They want to frame him. Um, they want to do like the frame up. And that's a lot of this movie, too, with, with Hannigan's as well. Or Harrigan. I keep saying the wrong with Bruce Willis as well. Is they, they they don't just want to to kill somebody They want to embarrass them, humiliate them and yeah, emasculate them. 
And that's and that's again that's I think a big theme of this is that emasculate emasculization. I shouldn't say that word if it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> that that kind of you know with 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 the crotch shots and the and the um, I mean yeah, it has like to that be humiliation. A big, I can see that being a thing in this movie. Because everybody only thing that makes sense. Yeah, because everything everybody in this movie are, are evil ass evil people, right? There's no real reason for everyone to be this evil. They just are. So they're all you know these archetypes or these you know very one noted villainous characters. You know, just evil for the sake of it. Like this movie, there's no exploration of its of its evil and of its violence. It's just celebrating it and and hand waving it. And I think that's one of the bigger problems with this is is that no one takes any responsibility for this right like if you're going to be gross and violent again the lighthouse it is horribly violent the ending scene of that movie is one of the most gruesome things i've seen on film in years but it's also well earned it's deserved it works for it it's beautifully shot i just gloriously shot it's artfully done it's violent it's not not good after after the show i'll tell you if you guys are never gonna see it um but it's no i'm not gonna say it now because i don't want the show you can tell us yeah, I don't want to spoil it here because you should go see this movie. Go see The Lighthouse. I mean, I'm talking to us. Yeah, they no, <laughs> clearly not. They've earned that. They earned that ending of that movie. In Sin City, Rodriguez would probably say, well, that's just what's in the comic book. And then Frank Miller would just say, well, that's what's in my brain. And no one's taking the time to really examine it and really see if they should. Examine um, his brain? Yeah, probably. Yeah, no one, no one's yeah, no one's thinking about it. <laughs> it's just this kind of celebration and glorification without any thought to to what they're actually celebrating and glorifying. So as a piece of pulp media, I think it's fine, right? But you can't take it more than that, which is why stuff some of the stuff in this movie does come off unearned and just there to shock you and shock value. And um, definitely the Elijah Wood scene with his limbs, that's shock value. There's no reason for it. It is no reason other than to do something gross on screen slash on the page, which is, doesn't make me a, and again, I, I have no problem with that sometimes. I, I, I just ran out of steam there. But it, anyway, it's, it doesn't examine anything. It's just putting it on screen for you to deal with or not deal with. Sometimes it's fun and sometimes it is not. And uh, we're going to get to some stuff that's not fun. But Marv getting electrocuted and going, why don't you do that again, you pansies, is very fun and very funny. I actually I like. really like the next story in this movie. That was probably my favorite part of this movie. Mm-hmm. The big fat kill where you this is where you have Clive Owen, who is apparently like a guy who thinks he's in Mission Impossible and has changed his face or something or changes. You know, he's a different like people. He looks different or something. They keep oh, yeah. making they keep making comments about it. Yeah, that doesn't really come up, does it? You know, they never say why, but they do say he looks different and stuff. He's a he. It, it says I think they mentioned he's a mur- he's he mentions he's a murderer and he had to get his, he changed his face to because he as he's escaping um, the scene that we're going to get to right now, the cop pulls up behind him and he says, "I'm one fingerprint away from going back to jail." Oh right? yeah, okay. I I like Clive Owen in this movie. Like I didn't like this movie, but I enjoyed his part and I enjoyed the story more than anything. Like it opens up, you're in Brittany Murphy apartment. Brittany Murphy's apartment, uh, whatever talk, where she's one of the waitresses from the saloon, but now she's in an apartment and she's he's over there. And then this asshole guy who's played by Benicio del Toro. Yes, yes. Which Jackie this guy boy. can act because I've seen him in other movies. Like more recently, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy and The Last Jedi, and he plays a completely different character in all three of those movies, like completely different. I'm like, this guy can do pretty good. Yeah, Benicio del Toro is a phenomenal actor. He's he's done. Uh, so oh. much good work over the air. He's the collector, huh? Yeah, yes. he's a collector. I thought, I thought the name seemed familiar. Yeah, he's yep. a, he does a good job. Like, I don't like his character in this movie, but you're not supposed to because he's a a woman beater and an asshole and a he's just bad. But he does a good job of acting. 
his delivery is so interesting and different. Um, it's his delivery is something out of a comic book. Like you would think that's kind of how it's got such an interesting uh, his delivery in this movie. Um, well, when they hand him slimy. the script, they just hand him the Sin City comic book. He said, "Read this. Here you go." Yeah, basically. I and mean, that's pretty I mean, much probably what they did. Yeah, Benicio Del Toro also very, I mean, I don't know how well known, was in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, plays Dr. Gonzo, and he is glorious in that movie. And I, I adore that movie. I don't care what anyone says. I'm, I'm a beer, big Fear and Loathing fan. Never um, seen it yet. Go see it. I, you should see it. Everyone should see it. I and feel make like it's the kind opinions. of movie that I need to be smoking something I don't smoke while I go watch it. But no, I don't. You know why? Because it. The way, someone actually asked me about this a couple <laughs> years ago. Like, they're like, why do you like that movie so much? And I, the way I, I, I won't get into it. I don't, this movie, this show is our. This uh, this podcast is already at an hour plus. Um, but it, it has its own. It has its own stimulants in it. Like it, you don't need to be augmented. You know, you don't need to be high or anything like that to see it because because Terry Gilliam, the director, has that all baked in. Like it's just so visually exciting and brain alteringly weird. Like your brain's trying to make sense of this movie, but it can't because there's so many weird things happening that don't make sense. It kind of alters your state for you. So, uh, but it's also a wonderful, wonderful mediation on the American dream on, uh, I just, I I, I can go on and on. I will not. We're already running long. So, um, but like, in this, in, when when the when the asshole comes, Benicio del Toro, and he brings in his gang of idiots, and like you have him threatening Brittany Murphy, he's like, "Oh, there better not be another man here." And I and I don't remember he slaps him. She says, "It's my boyfriend in the other room," or something. And when the guy goes to the bathroom and he's talking all stupid and he's taking a piss, like this part was just unnecessary. I mean, straight from the comics though, where Clive Owen's character is hiding in the shower, comes out, puts a razor blade to his neck, and then shoves his face in the toilet, in the piss toilet, for a while. And I, I thought mean- for sure. He was going to drown him. He does have a good line here where uh, Jackie boy is like, you're making a big mistake. And Clive Owen's like, you made, you just made a big mistake too. You didn't flush. <laughs> and shoves his face in the toilet, yeah. which is yeah. absolutely disgusting, but that's a great line. It's a very good line. <laughs> I, I feel like this thing goes on way too long when, oh, when yeah. they're, when they're in the apartment is his troops go on troops go in there and they're kind of leering at Brittany Murphy. And it, it just goes on. Like it's this one just, this wow. A long part like the whole him chasing after them because because after that they leave and him chasing after them and then he she end, he end, they end up in old town trying to get with a gilmore girl like it just goes on too long but i mean again i anytime she was on the screen i was happy so i was like okay just because her eyes her eyes in this movie i said it before but damn they did a good job with her blue eyes yeah, i really like her <laughs> yeah we get we kind of get our, expo- our exposition on old town that's when you learn that there's kind of that truce in place uh, we learned that Dwight is 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 well known here. Dwight used to have a thing with Rosario Dawson, um, which which is kind of weird and and doesn't really. It, it, they just kind of say it, and then you understand it, and then they kiss at one point, and that's how you're supposed to know that they have a romance because there's nothing else. Yeah, we're not taking the time to do this character building stuff. Let's just get to the head chopping and uh, all that fun stuff I mean, you came into. I the was for. completely on board in this part, though. Yes, me too. Like I Great. just. I, I loved I like Rosario Dawson in general, but in this movie, completely on board with all the women from you know the Hooker Town. Like I was just I was entertained from this part. Like this 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 had and then there's like there's a part that I didn't catch it where when he's heading after Benicio del Toro's character, he makes a comment or Brittany Murphy says something where you can't hear it and, and you don't find out later. He said she he, that he's a cop. Well, and, let me before we before we get to all that. Um, yes, because because I really do want to spend a little bit of time on 
uh, Mio and the and, and and this is an example of kind of what violence in this movie when it's when it's done well when it's done properly because this is pure Wiley e. Coyote cartoon goofy silly wackadoo violence like this is not meant to be gross <laughs> yeah this is not meant to be gross this is not meant to be shocking uh, this is just meant to be a lot of fun because violence can be a lot of fun in the right context. Um, I think the pacing of this is great. You know, his slow car and like you said, Gilmore Girl, you know, basically telling him, look, just get out of here. You're about to make a big mistake and kind of setting the trap. The pacing is good. And then the payoff is great. I, I put out, as I put in my notes here, I actually stopped the movie to write all these beats down because I just felt like I had to. Jackie pulls gun and hilarity ensues. So his friends get slashed through the head and eye through the car. Jackie gets his hand cut off with, with just with a fountain of white blood going from it. He he crawls to his gun and gnaws his hands, his fingers off of the trigger of his own gun. He gets a throwing star that's a swastika in his backside. He gets <laughs> I was on board with this. He gets his pin thrown into the barrel. The barrel backfires and then. Miho turns his neck into what Clive Owen calls a Pez dispenser. Uh-huh. This is so funny and silly and cartoony, and I I adore this. <laughs> it was so great. Um, I, Michael, did you did you share in my in my joy of this? No, no. <laughs> I enjoyed this though. Like, I don't like you know horror for no reason, but I enjoyed it. It's definitely just more over the top violence. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't so you, it didn't read to you as as kind of funny and silly and no, yeah, not really. All right, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm strange. I don't know. But nah, you're just into we, that. I did recognize Miho though. Uh, God, I'm not even trying to pronounce her actress's name, but she was Kasumi in the Dead or Alive movie. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> oh, beat me to it, Dad. I'm watching the trailer right now for Dead or Alive. That movie I have seen, and I kind of remember liking it. I know it's one of the like lowest rated video game movies, but. It's gonna be on the show because I think it has Lois Lane from Smallville on that on that too. As uh, I can't remember the other, char- the other character, but uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'm just watching the trailer and it looked like it. But speaking of Smallville, uh, what was her name? The tele- the girl that could teleport that Clark dated for a little bit. Alicia is the character. Alicia, yeah. Uh, her actress Sarah Carter is in it, and man, I had the biggest crush on her back about the time that Smallville episode came out. Well, I know so we're watching pro- later on the show. That's huh? pro- Probably why I saw that movie. <laughs> so, so yeah, so at, after that point, we um, so so yeah, at this point, we get all our fun violence out of the way. They find out he's a cop, like you said, Mike, and that's a problem because that that means he, and he's a hero cop, like he's a big deal uh, cop that could put the entire truce at risk. Um, so we get our next scene where we're we gotta go to the pits and get these uh and go to the tar pits to bury this car and these people and uh yeah. That's it. And then we get a big kiss between unnecessary. Yeah, unnecessary. Yeah, his his warrior woman as he continues to keep calling her. Again, kind of this big masculinity kind of thing going on. It was it, yeah, it's fine, fine. Give her a kiss and move on. Let's get to the pits. Let's get going. Call her like a Valkyrie <laughs> twice in thirty seconds. Yes, he calls her a Valkyrie twice in thirty seconds. Yes. Oh, this movie. Why did you make us watch this? <laughs> I think it's interesting. And it's, again, it's not comic book. It's not capes and speed and spandex and, you know, and it's not character development and it's not good writing. And it's not, <laughs> All those are true comments. Yes. No, it's not those things. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting adaptation of a pulp noir comic book. I, um, I did laugh it's, when it's unique. It's unique. 
when they load because he keeps saying I need a hard top with a with a fast engine. I need a hard top. Like he just keeps saying it. And they get him a car, and he complains about the car, and they don't have room to fit all the bodies in the trunk. So they put uh, Benicio del Toro's character, who has a freaking part of a gun sticking out of his forehead, and they put him in the passenger seat. I did laugh at that part. Yeah, this entire scene. This is the scene when he's driving to the pit, um, and Jackie is now hit. Very strange. Uh, Jackie is now talking to uh, Dwight. But Dwight, of course, is imagining this in his brain. But Jackie is talking to him. The, this this entire scene was directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, okay. Uh, he he is labeled as a guest director. This is the so one the scene. Where's the feet? That's yeah. My wife told me about that. I'm like, I didn't know that until she's like. I, I I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is actually excellent. And I'm like, Jamie, yeah, it was a good movie, but it's a lot of feet. Like, what's going on with this? And she's like, it's a Tarantino movie. He's into feet. I'm like, what? She's like, think about every Tarantino ever movie made. How many feet are there? I'm now all of a sudden, Yo, all Bill. the feet. All the feet. <laughs> I mean, look at the camera right on her toe. I had no idea until my wife said, no, no, he's into feet. That's his, that's I his also thing. Think he, yes, I think he's not the best person either, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know about Mr. Tarantino. He makes good movies. But this 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 scene is is directed by by Quentin. This is a pretty cool scene. I like how the the colors are constantly changing. All these really cool splashes of blue and green and purple. I think it looks really cool. Um, kind of giving that surreal vibe of this is not really happening. This is all in his head. They all they get pulled over. So in order to um, hide the fact that that Jackie has a gun barrel attached in embedded into his brain dwight stomps on the brakes and smashes his head into the dashboard further embedding said uh gun barrel into his brain yeah it's fine we get to the pits clive is almost about dwight dwight is almost about to get there and then he um he gets blowed up we get shot we get shot yeah because the car runs out of gas so he starts to push it uphill right and then gets shot in the back can't everyone loves to get shot in this movie all the time no yeah well, I don't think everyone loves to get shot. I think just <laughs> getting shot. People, <laughs> love, happens to, a people lot. love to shoot other people. Yes, there you go. Enjoyed the whole scene. And then you find out like he was, you know, turned on him and someone told him to meet him there. And you have like these weird mercenaries that don't last very long because they get killed themselves. Like I, I was into all this, though. You missed the point when um, when Rosario Dawson, uh, we cut back to her real quick when Michael Clark Duncan uh, appears out of nowhere again. Oh. And he he appears out of nowhere, and golden eye. yeah, uh, the Green Mile. Of, well, he yeah. has a literal golden eye. Yeah, that's <laughs> I wrote my note. Okay, yeah, golden eye. Okay, sorry, I thought you meant he like he's in Golden Eye the movie. I'm no, like, no, he's not in that movie. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's kind of doing the exposition we already know. You know, they're gonna come back and the pimps and the mob and everyone's gonna take over Old Town. And we've heard it, heard it, heard it. I don't know if this is revealed because actually before this. Uh, what's her? Uh, the girl, with the blue eyes, uh, blue Hi. eyes. Becky, thank you. Becky, before this, was on the phone with her mom, quote unquote, and uh, evidently she is. Yeah, she's on the phone with her mom, and evidently that was not her mom. She is a stool pigeon because she's afraid. But I don't think we learned that yet. I think that's no, first. It's not until they get they capture Gail and we see her, you know, tied up or whatever. Yep, yep. She all. They also claim that uh, Dwight's dead. Um, but we go back to the pits, and that's where you have the mercenaries, uh, the Irish mercenaries, who uh, three-fourths of them have bad, bad Irish accents. <laughs> one guy is clearly Irish. The other one's, oh, no, you certainly are not, but that's fine. <laughs> Talking about how great the Americans have it. Like, yeah, yeah you would know you're from this country. <laughs> yeah, commentary. Yeah. 
You would know. But this is the point where they have a little bit of a gunfight, which is fun. The, yeah, because they, uh, they pull out the, the badge out of Dwight's pocket. And like It looks like a badge. It's all uh, broken up. And then you see the bullets sticking out. He's like, wait a second. And then Dwight <laughs> flips over. And, uh, that's a pretty cool moment. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, this whole gunfight's very cool. You know, some dipping and diving. Then a grenade gets thrown and Clive gets sunk into the pits. Um, Every lead character in this movie gets a chance to narrate his own death scene. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. Every, the, every They all do. And he's just, just relax. Let, the, let, let it fill your lungs. Let it take you away. And then, of course, Miho pulls him out from the sludge. And uh, what was it? And that's it, right? I think so. Because yeah. our- yeah no 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 he wakes up and the mercenaries are cutting the head off of uh, right. jackie Bull because they need proof that the cop got killed in old town by the hookers right 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 so yeah i'm so, trying to remember when he gets pulled out of the of the uh, it's right after that because he sees that and then he sinks down in as they're walking away and they pull him out and then they go after the car right because they're they're in there trying to get um del toro's head off or Jackie Boy's head off. I also want I put a note here that those silhouette scenes are really gorgeous. Like all the silhouette scenes when it's just a uh, white on black, I yeah. think is really, really stunning visually and always in the right spot. You know, talk about when he's sinking down to the tar. Yeah, 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 it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And then she comes down and grasps his hand again. All of that, I think, is very visually stunning. It's really it's kind of really funny. Talk, talking about Goldeneye, it kind of looks like a like a James Bond opening credits thing. It kind of does. Yeah, kind of does. Um, so we basically now we have our so now we have the fight for Jackie's head. Um, this whole <laughs> scene was yep. This whole scene is weird because uh, they end up in the sewer uh, chasing the main um, Irish mercenary. Irish mercenary is setting up the remote bomb, remote grenades. Um, clearly, this is going to be a thing later on in the movie because the movie takes some time to say these grenades are self-remoted because <laughs> or remote control grenades. Because he actually says in line, he's like, oh, I don't like, yeah, I'm not going to do an Irish accent. He's, he basically says I, he doesn't like handguns or revolvers. He likes things that go boom. And he shows him all the things that go boom. And then the little stick that makes it go boom. And then he makes it go boom. Because obviously <laughs> this how has to be very well set up for later on um, towards the finale of this piece of the film. But Mihal comes in after Irishman has done his job. All right, you've done your job for the movie, sir. Now you can get dispatched by, yep, by Mihal. That's all it was. That's it. So, you've, you've done your job. He wasn't even a famous guy. No, Some just guy. an Irish guy. But uh, yeah, so then we go back to Old Town, and uh, that's... This is when you see oh, yeah. Gail or Rosario da- Rosario Dawson tied up in a chair getting beat up by Goldeneye. As I kept calling him when I was watching <laughs> so this. So gross. Yeah. This is when you find out that Becky, the girl from Gilmore Girls, God, we love using other shows to define our characters. <laughs> Indeed. It's a traitor. And again, like I said before, she shows up and like, show me her eyes. Show me her eyes. That's all I wanted to see. I mean, a lot of times we have to, especially with a movie like this, where there's so many characters. Like you say, Gail, I got to stop and think of like, okay, which girl is, which girl is Gail? Rosario Dawson. Okay. Rosario Dawson. <laughs> but it's just so much easier to keep track of them when we reference something else. It definitely is when it came to this movie. <laughs> Wait till we watch Sucker Punch someday if we ever that's if we ever that decide to want to torture ourselves. Wait, uh, did you say Sucker Punch? Yes. Yeah. Not that's... not not it. Not it. <laughs> it's, it's it's literally yeah. Go ahead. It's not awful. Yes, it is. I think I own it. Actually, I think I've only watched it once. <laughs> it is trash. Trash. Let me put it this way: with Sucker Punch, I I was writing reviews at the time, and I think my byline, the reviewer, the one of the main lines was. 
Sucker Punch is as if you gave $38 million to a 13-year-old boy and told him <laughs> to make a movie. I remember hating that movie so much that I actually was, it was, I was, in, I was living in New York at the time. I'd walk by subway stations with the poster on it, and I wanted to rip it off. I was so mad at that movie for wasting my time. Yeah, I just... It'll be very entertaining to listen to me scream about it for an hour and an hour and 45. Again, anything, for, movies anything for the show. Anything well, next, for the show. Next time I get a pick, I get my revenge, it sounds like. Alright. <laughs> 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 We're definitely covering Dead or Alive at some point now because oh, I've been yeah, watching absolutely. the trailer and I, I need to see Kasumi. So. Fair is fair. Um, oh, okay, but there, so, yeah, go ahead. You see, when yeah. you get funniest part of this entire movie... And Mike, why don't you mention what it was? This is the only part, part, the only part in the movie where I actually laughed, where the guy, one of the goons, is standing there watching Rosario Dawson get beat, and then all of a sudden he gets a harpoon through his chest, and he looks down at it and he goes, "Hey," he's <laughs> like talking about how everyone should be concerned that there's a harpoon in his in his chest. Doesn't seem to be in any kind of pain. It's like, "Hey, should I? We should get me to a doctor, I think." And everyone else has better things to do. It's it's really funny. Uh, yeah, it's definitely one of the highlights uh, comedically of this movie. Just watching him kind of squirm, <laughs> not squirm. I was watching him be just bemused by the by 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 this harpoon in his chest. Hey guys, look at this! Wow, they've gone full it. Looney Tunes at this point. Oh yeah, and again, this is the movie telling you guys relax. This is all fun. You can have fun with violence. It can be goofy and silly, and they're right. You can in context, because um, you, you can reanimator. Is horribly violent, but it's wonderful because it's fun, <laughs> even when it's horrendously disgusting and gross and sexist and blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was the one part where I I laugh, and then this is when you have to head to, where they trade their they end up meeting out in the alley and said, "Hey, we'll trade the head of of Jackie Boy for." Rosary Dawson and I and I like this part because they come they have his mouth is all taped and Gilmore Girls like there's something wrong his mouth is taped because they're gonna kill her too she finds out even though she helped them out like yeah shoot her too we don't need her and I, and I thought that was interesting how everything she did just you know wasn't gonna work for her and the tape is kind of a cool fake out for the audience because like as we mentioned Jackie Boy's been talking to Dwight this whole time even though he's long dead so he's kind of assumed that he put the tape over his mouth to shut him up. Yeah, yeah, because he's insane. Yeah, and then Becky points out there wasn't tape on his mouth before. Why is there tape now? And about there that time, is. Michael Clark Duncan figures it out when he pulls out the detonator. Basically, <laughs> it's is a really good. I, again, this is very cathartic. This is the point in the movie where it caught me, where I said, "Okay, where is am I now becoming desensitized?" Right through the violence in this movie, and does papering this over with the veil of comic book. Right. A comic book movie, this black and white, all the digitization, all the is it abstracting violence for me where it's I can wow watch an alley people alleyway of basically defenseless people. They have guns, but they're they're no match for 30 women with machine guns and and, you know, rifles and everything else firing at them. And I'm not feeling anything like I'm not feeling grossed out. I'm smiling. Right, I right. You, women with guns and like dominatrix <laughs> outfits and stuff. I'm just like, ah, uh, I'm actually enjoying this movie right now. And women <laughs> in charge, I was all, I have a thing for that. If you haven't noticed it in the movie, clearly, uh, listen, you're, I, you're a brave man. That's stuff I, I normally will mention, but like it, for some reason, like stuff like that, like women in charge, like that, just like, especially in, in that type of situation, I'm just like, I'm 100 on. Well, yeah, I'm 100 on board. Like it just, yeah. There's a one time where I'm like, okay. And that's why this this kind of goes more, I would say, more to empowerment, right? They have taken control. Um, they didn't need, you know, Which they I like. 
Yeah, and I love that. I really like that, that it didn't have, in this movie where every, it feels like you're in the 1920s and you had women not showing as just creatures or slaves, but actually in in, in charge of something. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I like that. It's absolutely. This is, uh, this That's great. Like, and it was just interesting because I'm thinking like, I'm just watching these people get mowed down. It's good. I'm like, yay, the bad guys are dying and that's great. But is this, again, is this saturation of violence over the last hour at this point? We're about the halfway point. Is this really, is this kind of desensitizing me? And I was, and I, I don't know. Again, I think it might just bore me because I've seen this a hundred times. I've probably seen this film. <laughs> I've seen this film probably 30 times. I own it. Jeez. And yeah, I, I have. I was really, really into this movie. I haven't seen this movie probably in, t- in at least 10 years. I'll be honest with you on that. But I definitely have seen it before that time. Yeah, probably easy, easy 30. I, I, it's a visually stunning film. And, you know, well, near, near late tw- mid 20s. And what else you got to do? Watch, watch Sin City 100 times in a row. I went through my um, about, where I watched dumb shit. So, yeah. Talk about Dragon Ball Z. Being uh, desensitized to the violence, I thought you were going to talk about Jackie head, Jackie Boy's head exploding, and like the eyeball flies at the camera. Yes, I forgot it's, about like, that. The cartooniest shit ever. Like <laughs> that, it was so bad that that one even, didn't even gross me out. It's just like wow, that looked really stupid and really fake. It was clearly you know oh, prop yeah. head, right? And again, a lot of these effects don't hold up very well. But taken in context and in the flow of a film, it works fine. Again, I don't think anyone's too concerned on the props department, which again was Robert Rodriguez's backyard, his <laughs> his shed. <laughs> I like, hey, can believe that. Go into the fridge and grab that watermelon. We're going to use that as a head to explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you add that to the shopping list on uh, three watermelons. I don't. I, maybe three takes. That's as many as I'm going to do. I got. Yeah. You know, I got to pick up the kids at three, so I think I can get three takes done. I like the idea of this movie a lot more if all this stuff is just improvised as they go. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Yeah, exactly. We're going to explode a head. What can we explode a head? Let's get a watermelon, dress it up like a head. That's That'll fine. be fine. Fine. No, <laughs> no I see that. Okay. I'll fix it in post. That's it. Uh, it doesn't fix really it. Look the movie great. is made in post. I'll fix it in post. Exactly. I make I it mean, in post. I mean, I like special effects in movies, but this whole movie, I, like, you, like we've been saying, was made in post, it felt like. Yeah. Basically. So that's basically the end, and that's of... the end of the movie. Goodbye. We'll see you guys sometime. <laughs> oh, I wish we, could, yeah, yeah. No, we got a yeah. few more pages to go. Um, no, this is at this point. This is the end of uh, this is the end of um, Dwight's Final story. One. Yeah, which is the which is the meat. Although it's not the most memorable. I, I People remember the Mickey Rourke stuff yeah. much more than this. It definitely you felt shouldn't. like a longer section than, than this one. Yeah, it's good though. It's great. I, I really think this whole this whole thing, because, again, it said it's, it's actually feels like a movie. You know, it sets up stakes. It's setting up a drama. There's tension. There's, you know, Mickey Rourke just running around bashing people's faces in. <laughs> Not really do that. This piece, this, that section feels like a proper movie. Like, that's a movie with a beginning, a middle, and the end. And a payoff and everything kind of pays off to a certain extent. But, um, and then the rest of this doesn't really feel like movie. This just feels like comic book stuff. So now we're going to finish off Hardigan's story. He is alive, bafflingly. Uh, Senator Rourke sees him in the hospital. Um, we don't really know who he is. I only remember who he is because I've seen this a hundred times. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a touch miffed about um, his son, messing up his son. Um, losing his balls. Yeah, losing all the stuff. And uh, yeah, all that stuff. Basically, the he's idea is actor, to frame though. him. Yeah. Booth, good- like, he's not an actor that like I don't know the guy's name, but when you see him, and you and you look up his Wikipedia because you can't recognize anybody in this fucking movie. He, you like, you know him from everything. He's been in so many different things. He's just one of those actors, like, just ends up all the time in TV. Yeah, and this is we can actually kind of just blow through a lot of this because this really is just kind of setting up his final heroic thing. 
we learn that Nancy has been writing him letters every every week for oh, he died too. What's that? Oh, Howard okay. Booth. He died in oh, okay in 2017. Yeah. So the plan is to frame him up. They frame him for everything. They're they're basically trying to get him to confess to all the heinous things that have happened, including the death of the poop. This this sequence contains. Yeah, I will say it. This is the most disturbing thing for me in the film. Oh, uh, which, easily. Which okay, good. Thank you. I thought I was gonna be alone in that. Uh, the prison beatdown when he's just getting um, beaten by that really weird, uh, creepy dude. They got the the, the the hookery nurse who's there, Tanny, for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I, Michael, stupid. why don't why didn't you? What got you on this? Uh, okay, so it's not this part. It's later on when he uh, he finally takes care of the yellow bastard. Oh no no no! Uh, yeah. That's number two. That's oh, number yeah, two. Yeah. This is number one, and the reason this is number one for me is I don't like seeing people beaten without any. A context, really, um, or I don't, I don't like seeing people beaten without being able to defend themselves. Like just people just getting brutalized is really hard to watch for me, um, especially with this scene because again, there is a it's you got that stark red blood against black and white, right, which is always just gripping and and visually um, unnerving. And there's a humiliation there too, and the humiliation is the stuff that really, really, really gets me. Uh, where he's like, see. She just turned your her head away from you. She's disgusted by you. You know, like all that for no reason, right? Yeah, no, she really didn't need to be in there. It's just no, just showing that Bruce Willis wasn't planning on giving them what they want. And it's right, the only the only purpose ahead. Yeah, there's that's the only it's the only reason. There's no joy in it. Like when Mickey Rourke is getting you know brutalized and beaten and have clubs and 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 bats, he's actually enjoying himself. Right, because he's a crazy person. My one of my favorite little favorite moments is they keep handing him confessions. He keeps spitting blood on them, <laughs> and I keep laughing how many copies they had. You know, like that. At least there's a little bit of joy in it. Just kind of fun, even though it's brutal. But this is just sad, and it's this. This was this was more upsetting than than the other thing. Slightly more. That's still very upsetting um, and unnecessary. But um, yeah. That's that just that that piece really got me. So we turn we find we find out he's in um he's in jail for eight years in solitary. Eight years in solitary. What? <laughs> um every we every week he gets his he gets his uh letter until one day he don't get them no more. And he wakes up and he see we see the yellow man. Now I don't think his name is Yellow Man. It's like yellow head. Yellow bastard. Yellow bastard. Okay. So we see Yellow Bastard and who is visually grotesque. Oh yeah, this is grotesque. It is he is a monster unlike I've ever seen because he's also, a also yeah. it's the first time you see the color yellow in this movie. Yes, yes, that's got to be said too. No, no, you're right. It's and it's visually man, it is visually startling because it's a it's, it's an abstraction of a person, just grotesque, just made. Yeah, grotesque. I keep saying the same word over and over again because I can't okay. think of anything else. Um, it's it's really yeah. unnerving. It's um, unnerving. Star Trek character, what's his name? Worf? Worf, yeah. yeah the, the general shape of his head kind of reminds me of, of that. <laughs> he's Worf-esque. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, a Worf-like. Okay. Yeah, yeah there right. you go. There you go. But we see him for the first time. Um, he gets punched. He wakes up to the envelope, which has a finger inside. That was creepy. Which very creepy. Um, which has no real. But hey, did you know that if you look at a finger, you can tell you, oh, this is from a seventeen-year-old girl. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. You know, I, <laughs> I'm good at uh, examining uh, cuticles. I, I understand that's that's what that is. That um, literally, is a line from the movie for those who are like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, is it really? Finger. I mean, it's close to it. Yeah, this is a finger of yeah. a seventeen-year-old girl. 
Well, he's a detective. He's a detective. So let's let's give him that much. I don't think you can pick up a body part and tell me where it's from like that. Other than this is human. No, no, (laughs) no. It's he knows it's a finger of a seventeen-year-old girl because the script told him so. So he just has to go with it. The comic book told him so. What you meant? Yes, the comic book told him exactly. So he that that breaks him. He realizes Nancy's in trouble, so he just admits to it all. To which they just let him go. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Like, oh, we got your confession. Oh, yep, get out of here. You're you're good. It makes no sense. Why do they let him go? What? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm truly asking for 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 any guidance here because I yeah. can't find any. Nah. I guess they got the confession, and so they're like, "All right, our son." I I, I don't know why. Makes no sense. Put him out into the world so that everyone can mock him and spit on him. Like, I don't know. It's bizarre. Didn't make any sense. Of course, his partner then shows up uh, to give him a ride into town. I don't know why. I guess Mike Madsen needed another day's work, uh, <laughs> day's worth of wages. I guess I don't know. Throw him another check. Find out his wife's remarried, you know, and then blah, blah blah blah. They have some boring dialogue, and then Yellowhead is right behind. And uh, <sighs> this is when it's awkward. Of, oh, this is when it gets awkward. This is Boy, very strange. Work. This is not good. So, so um, did you go- say, talk about the part with Nancy on stage yet? No, yeah, this is where we're getting okay. to. This is this it, is the part when Nancy's on stage. When he goes to the bar, he he goes to the club where where Jessica Alba is. You see Yellow Man sitting there in a chair, so he starts to leave. Jessica Alba's character sees him, which is Nancy. Which I didn't. This is when it clicked that I'm like, oh, that's a Nancy. Like that's the seventeen year old, you know, the girl who was eleven, who now is eighteen or nineteen. Okay. She runs, jumps off the stage, and kisses him on the lips. And I'm just like, ha <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack here. I mean, it's like you saved my life when I was 11, and I mean, it gets worse in a little bit, but I was just like, oh, this, I'm like, this is where the movie's going, and I'm going to just kind of fast it. But then when, after he after she kisses him, they, they get followed in the car. He shoot he shoots Yellow Man because they're following. He's trying to chase after him. I mean, that part was kind of cool where he yeah. lines up his shot, and the other guy's shooting. He's like, oh, this guy has no, he can't, he has no patience. He just keeps shooting. He's a good shot, but he doesn't give it the time. And then he shoots him like right through the windshield, takes him out. You think he kills him. Right. I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. And then, yeah. then they go, they get to the house. And I just wrote in my notes, awkward. Because yeah. she starts hitting on him. She's like, I've never loved any other man. I've had a couple of boyfriends, but I, I wasn't you. And I'm just like, why is this in this movie? And then they start kissing. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? He even says, like, I'm old enough to be your grandfather. Uh, yeah. And that's what and that's what we're all thinking. We're all thinking. Stop. <laughs> Please stop. Don't do this. Um, it's, it's weird. It's not. It's so out of place. I, my, my cynical brain was like, I think the reason this exists is because when Bruce Willis signed up to be on this movie and saw that Jessica <laughs> Alba is playing the lady he saves, he wrote in his contract, two smooches, just two. That's all I need. <laughs> two smooches. Then you got me. Got me for seven days. <sighs> but no, this makes no sense. It's yeah, the, the energy of this, of him wanting to save Nancy is like, and he even says it in the car, um, you know, kind of like the, you know, I, he never had a daughter, you know, he always wanted a daughter. She'll, his wife will make a good mom. Right. So this is like a fatherly thing, right? He has a fatherly affection for this girl. Why um, is he kissing her? Well, yeah, well, right, right. Mm-hmm. You should just stand up, sir. Your legs work. Just run away. Just keep running around. Just It's a giant motel room. Sensuously big, with one couch and a tail. Just go around in circles. Just run. <laughs> <laughs> Just start. Pl- yeah, start playing the you know some stupid cartoon music. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Up. Like, that's all. I'm, I've been okay her, with that. So his motivation is clear. Like he does not want to. Cher motivation is why I don't know. I guess she's now <laughs> in love with him. 
But again, it's like a fatherly thing. It is so strange, out of left field, doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. Uncomfortable and not in a fun way, right? It's is there not uncomfortable in a fun way? I said not. Un- I said I know, but is, is yeah. Is, that, I, is I can say thing? there can be. She's not when you're dealing with a girl who was supposed to be 11 when she got rescued by a cop, and now she's trying to make out with him. It's eight years later. No, there's nothing. Yeah, no, no. and other and things. The, yes, and the movie, of course, makes a hundred different attempts to make sure you are aware. Yes, she's of age. She's 19. Yes, yeah, she's 19. Comment years, about 19. Uncomfortable situation still. that was fun, but I do not want to say what's in my head at the moment. So we're just gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah, but no. there are things I can think. <laughs> it's a really bad moment, and it's it's it just sets up a uh, yellow face coming back and punching. Well, he takes a cold shower because he's horny. And I'm just like, uh, well, yeah, exactly. It's just so leave. I get it's Something. Jessica Alba, but still like that's just she's pretty, but still. Ugh. Yeah. All of it's very uncomfortable and weird. And again, in a Weirder. strange without context way. I mean, and after he gets punched in the shower and you have hanging, as I wrote in my notes, hanging naked Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Hanging naked <sighs> Bruce. I mean, you, you see Elba's, which, I mean, there's a lot of nudity in the movie, but I can you can see that either Elba said, no, I ain't doing it, because she's yeah. actually wearing clothes in this scene where she he injects something into her to, you know, pat, make her pass out or whatever the hell he's yeah. doing. Yellow and juice. Bruce is supposed to be hanging by his neck naked with the hand side on like a little table that's wobbling. But you can, it's supposed to be naked. I mean, they, they skip his junk, thankfully, but it's just it's just a weird ass part yeah because jessica Alba's character i think we said it's a stripper and according to imdb she didn't realize how racy her character was in the comic oh and the script originally had her doing nude scenes and she absolutely refused oh see that makes sense uh, yeah i mean t- yeah yeah well, i'm okay her. That, that yeah, give her. don't everyone has their boundaries if you need, if you need to see that. There's, there's, there's places that can take care of that. I don't need to see it in my blockbuster movie. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, but yeah, uh, I mean, so, it is when you're 13. If you're 13, okay, you need it in your blockbuster movie. But <laughs> when you get of age, you're like, no, nah, I'm good. I got all these. I'm good. Or Michael Bay. Or Michael Bay. <sighs> uh, Michael. All Bay. right. So, so we, so we are in the in the noose. Yellow face is basically, you know, on the phone saying, "Hey, set me up a party. We're gonna have a great time." The, he he says they all scream a thousand times. It's a, thousandth time he says that they all scream kicks out the table and that's when hannigan gets hung or does he no he just tightens his neck and grabs him that's how that works yeah tightens his neck because that's how you save yourself from from strangulation he swings breaks a plane of glass snags a piece of said glass with his foot somehow breaks his bonds and gets it up six feet to his neck where the rope is and the two guys who we haven't mentioned yet, the one who's very wordy and yeah, and the eloquent. very articulate thugs, <laughs> the articulate thugs, <laughs> very very funny. I had a good laugh. They're only on screen twice. Had a good laugh. <laughs> um, they are quickly dispatched by Mr. Hannigan, and we Both go back to the farm. They're talking about cars. Yeah, they're talking about cars. I wish I had the whole quote. I would I would do. It's very funny, but it's it's a very good uh, scene. I like those guys. Again, breaks up the tension. Some a good comedic beat and mm-hmm. well delivered. Goes to the farm. He approaches his bum ticker. I thought this was fixed. Well, call it a heart problem, sir. <laughs> You're a seven, 60 year old, 65 year old man stalking a strange red, yellow face. Killed. This is also when you see Elijah Wood's character is sitting there, too. Yeah. And you also have a lot of parallels, too, between Marv and him. Now, I don't know if that was intentional. Again, this is all coming from the. The, the book the the, you know, the comic book uh but again you're, he's saying things like no need to go quiet now let's you know he actually mentions being nasty again like kind of a lot of these these frank miller beats are repeated here 
So there's kind of like a correlation between Marv and and Hannigan because they are both trying to rescue someone. Again, this kind of like extreme masculinity is happening uh, or save the girl. Very similar motivations. Actually, no, actually different motivations. But it's uh, so you kind of have this bookend. This bookend is now setting itself up. We have a very uncomfortable scene where 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 Rourke is is whipping uh, Jessica Alba again. Just like not you don't see anything. Thank God, that's the last thing you need to see. Well, we actually are going to see the last thing we need to see. The last oh, thing we need to see, we're going to see, which the end is of this movie. That's what we need to the see. End this movie. <laughs> that's where I was at because I was when I was watching this part, I was just trying to finish this movie, and I was just. And you were doing a lot of shopping for like your house and stuff. I can imagine you like in Walmart or Lowe's, like your wife was like this yeah. part of all parts. Yeah, this <laughs> the part. volume was off, by the way. So. so I can see you like with a shopping cart, kind of looking down at your phone, just continue to as you're putting your house together and your wife's like so what do you think about these curtains i mean i don't really think they go with the paint but yeah i think they might the pattern's a little off and you're like uh-huh and you're looking down and you see. i'm just watching my phone i'm just walking through i'm like i gotta finish this movie i'm like we're gonna record in less than an hour i gotta get this over with so yeah that's what i was at this, this part extreme, but yeah, like, you're extreme. gonna scream i'm like i'm so glad my volume is not on for this right yeah. now yeah <laughs> so nancy refuses to scream because he knows that's how that's what uh, gets him going that's what gets him off is is the screaming part i, I did like that part after she he kind she kind of gets rescued or she makes a comment she's like I guess he what he said was right you can't get off if I don't scream I did like that like I I liked her kind of you know even though she's in a very terrible situation kind of taking charge and not being yep. that that was cool like that 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 I did like yeah yeah because Bruce was tells her before not to scream no matter <laughs> yeah. what no matter what don't scream so um uh, and then Hargan approaches gets uh, catches uh yellow face in the tummy with his with a <laughs> knife i guess yeah i guess so. he, he, he gets, stabs hits her with, him or something stabs him yeah because they have he, the the parallel lines of look at that you can't even lift that cannon when he right. goes to lift the gun like he did at the beginning he actually can't this time right it's there <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then, then well then then uh then finally we get the coup de gras which he gets stabbed <sighs> and then uh i'll let you michael describe this uh no, <laughs> I don't want to. This is the worst part of the entire movie. This where is, yeah. he removes his weapon. It's parallel, exact parallel line to where he says at the beginning, where it works down. He's like, I take out his weapon and uh, he knocks the gun away and he says both of them. And then the beginnings where he shoots in the crotch. <laughs> this one, he grabs a fistful of junk and tears it off. Yeah. And like, it's it, it, disgusting, rubbery, plastic looking. Like it's clearly very, very of fake. Course. Like, it's still super gross. Yeah, and it's it's it stretches like taffy and like snaps back like a balloon breaking. So this is see, I've talked a bit about lines, right? There's lines in, in life and in movies. This is what crosses it. This is this is this is a line stepper. This is a this is stepped over the line. Uh, this is so unnecessary. This is not fun. It's it's brutal in a way that is that can't be earned. I don't think you can earn this kind of brutality. And it's just unsettling and gross for the sake of being gross. I don't think I even liked it as like a 25 year old who was into this sort of thing. This is just unnecessary. And it is, it is highly disturbing. Even more disturbing is when he punches the man's face into literal goop. Um, again, you don't see it, but you see um, him on top of um, Rourke's body and there is nothing that he yeah, is, he's he got is that, punching. That nothing. line said after a while, it was just punching like bone chips into the into the floorboards or something. Yeah, Ugh, gross. Just, again, extremely unsettling um, and gross. Uh, I guess that's kind of what they were going for. This is a gross out moment. 
but I think the context of it, I try to think of other gross out moments in other movies that, that are actually work, right? Again, like reanimator reanimator has the, has the, the famous, have you guys ever seen reanimator? I doubt. I know. Okay. So reanimator reanimator is, is I'm not going to reanimator, but it has one particular scene towards the end that is so patently offensive and gross and out outside the bounds of what's okay. You know, right? But for some reason, it's still fine because in the context of the movie, it's um. There it is. Yeah, you just sent us a, a picture I'm, of Reanimator. I'm not opening that. <laughs> it's just it's just a picture poster. of the cover art of uh, the poster of Reanimator. Um, <laughs> it's safe. But it, let's just say it's the the <laughs> let's just say it's the doctor's head with the lady on the the table scene. Okay, everyone know if you've seen Reanimator, you know what I'm talking about. That scene is disgusting and should not happen ever in movies. But for some reason, in the context of that movie, it's fine and i cringe as i say that because i don't want to say it's fine but it it's fine enough because again that's what you're in this is the movie you're in this is the kind of the world you're in a lot has happened to lead up to that and this movie has earned a lot of goodwill sin city has not earned enough goodwill to rip off someone's genitalia in a taffy pulling style fashion and then beat (laughs) their man's head into literal paint that is it has not done that and there's no reason for it except for just pure brutality and to be gross and yes it could be a reflection of the book if that's what the book says the the comic book says it does i stopped looking at the book because I just couldn't, I didn't care anymore, yeah, but I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure it's probably right from the book. I'm sure everything here is right from the book, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't excuse Mr. Rodriguez from doing that. It doesn't excuse Frank Miller, certainly from writing that you're allowed to make the art you want to make. I'm never going to say you shouldn't, but that is certainly not for me. And I just don't think that was again, earned because um, it is horrendously unsettling and I've seen worse in movies, but that's <laughs> yeah. And the white house is, I would say a little worse than that, but so that's it. So you um, uh, my Mike, did you want to comment on it or? Don't just yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. That's all I got. No, you said it. You said a lot. I'm sorry. I I feel like I've spoken percent oh, of this this show. The only thing I, you should be sorry for is that you suggested this movie. For this I know. I, I am. <laughs> That's not, all you need to be sorry for. Everything I else am is not, fine. I am not sorry for that because I, know. I I did this on purpose. Sorry. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll wrap up with that. But anyway, finally, the last bit of this movie is they take Nancy to the fancy car. He lies to her and says that you know he's going to go after Rourke and set the record straight and clear his name. And she goes, okay, drives off, leaving him there with, with no method of conveyance. Like, what was he going to do? Take the bus now? Like, after all this happened? And then he realizes, or he knows that she's never going to be safe while he's alive. And the only way to defeat Rourke is to shoot himself. So he does in that beautiful um, white silhouette on black background way. Blam! And we get to our outro, which we get to, yeah. What would you guys think of that, that, that final, the final coup de grace for, for Hennigan? I cheered because the movie was almost over. <laughs> But honestly, it was like kind of like, well, wouldn't they kill her anyway? Because she was yeah. involved in the murder of his son. So I feel like yeah. they still she would still be a target. I mean, if 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 he had just gotten out of jail and his son and none of that had happened. But it's like you just you just shot ripped off his son's his son's dick. Like you're not it's not going to be like, oh, it's OK. We're just going to let her go. Like, no, you're going to kill her, too. Yeah. And he even says that they're just going to find her again. Like we assume that she goes back to work. Right. Right. Yeah. We, we assume that she still has the she's still employed. So, yeah, things are probably going to end well for her either. But that's his kind of way of the second movie, which we'll never watch on the show. She is in the second yeah. movie. That's right. And so is Mickey Rourke. He's in that second yeah. one. OK, I think I don't remember. It don't was worry. the second it, one. I don't is, plan to find out. 
don't nope. bother. I would never make you guys watch that. That the, the first could. one's interesting. The second one is horrendous. I mean, I would show up for it, but somebody else would be like, no, no. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey Rourke, Jessica Alba, and Rosario Dawson are all in the second one, and Bruce Willis. Hey, is she, what? <laughs> what? How do you shoot yourself in the head and come back? I don't know. Shoot me again, <laughs> you pansies. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's I mean, Rosario uh, Dawson could maybe get me to watch it, but no, nah, yeah, I'll, I'll watch Spirit with uh, Scarlett Johansson. I'm, I'll be good. All right. So anyway, we have our so we have that scene. I think it's I mean, it's, yeah, like you guys said, it's, I don't think it's going to save the day or anything, but it does prove make for a really um, evocative scene of him getting shot in the head and shooting himself. And again, that beautiful, stark white on black background way we get to our outro, which is Becky's in the hospital. Her arm was broken. Remember, because it, it was she. Uh, <laughs> we, we completely papered over how Rosera Dawson. I think did Dawson break her arm? Oh, and she ripped her ripped her earring out, which was a fun little moment. Um, I don't even remember that at all. Oh yeah, that's when they find when she when Rosera Dawson finds out that Becky is uh, kind of sold them out because mm-hmm. Becky's like the, the cops are going to the mob's going to come back. We have to just make a deal. She gets in close and with her teeth rips her <laughs> rips her earring out in a very not pleasant way. As if there's a pleasant way to rip someone's okay, earring. Okay, I thought you know, I thought she ripped out her neck or something. I didn't realize it was an earring. No, it's her earring. It looks like her neck, right? But no, it's it's her earring. She has those long dangly earrings. So Becky's in the hospital. She's talking to her mom. She goes to the into the elevator, and it bookends with the hitman, Josh Hartnett. Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. Um, behind her, calls her by name, and I think she knows immediately what's going to happen. And then that's the end of it. That's and our credits. Movie. credits. And that sweet, sweet Sin credits. City, <laughs> Sin City 2005. Have you ever been that happy to see credits? Oh, man, probably. <laughs> I will say, I don't think this is the worst movie I've ever seen. So It's, it's not. I mean, I've seen worse movies, too. It's not the, the movie I've hated most seen. I guess is a better way to put it. It's, you know, I can't even say it's the worst, the, the movie I hated the most seen for this podcast. But I, I watched Double Dragon and a few other things. <laughs> oh, have. God, no. And I watched the Star Star Wars Holiday Special. Double know, Dragon is god awful. Yes, yes, it is. So I can't say. I don't know for sure. Like, I'm not really looking at my list. I have a list, but nah, we'll get there. Yeah, but it ended. I was just happy it was over with. That's that's what I want to say. I was, but I, 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 the bookend thing was weird because I just didn't even understand like the point of why Josh Harness character's in there. I did like the fact he's like, do you want to, here you go, Becky, have a smoke. And she's like, she realizes immediately what's going, ha- what's happening. And she just tells her mom, I got, I love you. Bye. And hangs up the phone. And then the movie ends. I mean, that was kind of, all right. Should we go to Shelfer box? Let's do sure. it. All right. Um, we'll, we'll save, we'll go with the most positive first. Mike, why don't you go first? Uh-huh. <laughs> that yeah. I hated this movie. I hated like every minute of this movie. Like Bill knew exactly like he said, he knew what he was doing. He knows my sensibilities and how this ticks off every box of everything I hate. And uh, uh, like it felt like an hour passed and I checked the, the Netflix queue and it's like 15 minutes since the last time I checked. It's like, oh, my God, does this movie ever end? It just went on forever. Uh, this is <laughs> going in a box wrapped in chains and thrown into a lake okay. or the tar pits or the tar pits. Oh, even better. There you tar- go. And there would right. be no Miho to save you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really want to see Miho as Kasumi now. I have a feeling we're going to. <laughs> it's not streamable, but I need to see that movie now. So that's going to happen at some point. We'll, we'll see. All right, I'm, I'll go next. Uh, this is not a hard one for me. This is going in the box. I didn't hate it. I enjoyed parts of it. 
I the Marv stuff is fine. The Clive Owen stuff I enjoyed because I have a thing for apparently women in, in scantily clad with leather. So I, mean, I enjoyed that. But when it came to like just the stuff with, with Bruce Willis and the movie overall, I, I just wasn't really it, it wasn't my thing. Well, I, I will never watch it again. Am I glad I watch it? Kind of because now I can say I watched since I've seen that movie. I recorded an episode about it, and that's as far, and then I will plug the podcast. Other than that, I'm good. I will never watch it again. I never need to. It's going in the box, and it can stay in the damn box. How about you, Bill? Ready for a shocker? This is going to go in a box. <laughs> this is going to go in the box. Yeah, I don't need to see this again. And and I, as we've I've, as I've done this show with you guys, I I've kind of redefined, kind of like what what uh, Michael does on what goes on the shelf. Right, shelf is really for maybe. A tier, maybe B tier films. This is a C tier movie for me. Um, seeing it with you know forty year old eyes, I have a lot of again, kind of like I don't know if we've done Blade yet, but kind of like Blade, where I have a lot of affection for it and fondness. I think this movie is visually stunning. Um, we didn't talk a ton about the visuals because it kind of gets it gets masked by a lot of the violence and the poor performances and such. Um, but this is not a movie I need to really see again. Um, but I do respect it for what it did. I respect the energy of it. I respect how much it serves the source material and basically is the source material. It's just the source material. That's what it is. There are some, a lot of the violence, I, th- I think a lot of the violence is fun and in character and in context, a good amount of it is not and just gross for, gro- gross for the sake of being gross. And I like this movie. I still liked it. I still had a decent time with it. But it was one of those where I'm like, I can now put this put this uh, deluxe box set of mine that I bought in 20, 2006 and I could put into a box. A, because I can wait another 10 years before I see it and not have a problem. And B, I don't want my kid to find it and like take out the comic book that comes with it with all the nudity oh, and violence. <laughs> and like, for you, like, hey, dad, what's this? And like, oh, <laughs> this is going in a box. So a box that's um, easily accessible if I feel like, I don't know, maybe if I'm 50 and feeling nostalgic, just uh, toss it in again for one more spin around the world of Sin City. Okay. You know, I didn't expect all three of us to box this. Did you really think surprised. I was going to put it on the shelf? I mean, yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Again, I've changed my, a lot of my ideas of what would go on, on the shelf has changed over the course of this. So yeah, no, given my, yeah, no, this can go in a box. And actually, I literally might put this in a box uh, again for the reasons that I have stated. Well, I will literally delete it off my Netflix and never have to look at it again. There you go. <laughs> and I want to say one thing really quickly. I apologize. I don't I wasn't trolling you. I really wasn't trolling you guys. I thought it would make for an interesting discussion because this is an extremely unique movie. Like, yeah, no one's ever seen anything like this before. And yes, probably never should see again. But like it's. It is a unique movie with a very beautiful visual style. I know you guys don't like violence, so I did choose this <laughs> intentionally to just push you a little bit outside your comfort zone. But my intention was not to troll you. I wasn't trying to troll you guys or anything like that. No, it's not. It's not really a bad movie. It's just not our kind of movie. I think it's a, it's a good mm-hmm. way to put it. And it's yeah. yeah. It's also a, a more like if you're really into movies, like this is the art of a movie is probably really impressive to people like that. Like it's, when you watch Silence yeah. of the Lamb, for example, like that is such a movie movie that you yes. can just go over piece by piece, which we will at some point. And it, it's just like, you know, that's kind of how I felt with this movie. It's something that was more of just like a spectacle. And it's where I just want dumb action with my superheroes killing, each other, you know, fighting each that's other. Fair. <laughs> but that's fair. Yeah. And again, this is yeah, this is artful violence and artful, artful camp. You know, yeah. I guess, which would be a good way of saying it. So, uh, no, I get it. I just want to publicly apologize if I if I ruined anyone's evening slash day slash trip to Kmart. I didn't want to. <laughs> you ruined somebody's day, but it, he's on the show. So, <laughs> All right. No, I, I... Uh, it, it definitely does have a unique style. I think I said that right at the top that the way that 
only certain colors pop out of the black and white is really cool. I think that was the only nice thing I said during this episode. <laughs> that was it. That was it. And if we keep talking, I'll just convince you to like it. So we'll just. That's mm, anyway. a tall order, dude. I know. I know. All good. All good. I think it made for a interesting discussion, if nothing else. True. It did. All right, and I think we should go to wrapping up this episode. And if I can remember what the hell I want to say after all this long day. So if you enjoyed this episode, we do a t- we do a bunch of other movies. We do the MCU, and at the time that you're hearing, if we already covered Phase 1 and Phase 2, so definitely check those out, because you want to hear us talk about Ant-Man. You want to hear us talk about how wonderful fire ants are, because we do that, that episode. <laughs> yeah, so definitely do. check those out. We also do game episodes at the... So every week we do games, so check those out. We got tons for you to follow and see what you like. There's some comic episodes. There's many episodes for you to check out. So definitely take a listen to all those. We got tons of things to keep you busy all day long. Also want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, aka Mike Stoney from ZP Bite to Bullet. Song's a cool kid squad. Definitely give him a check out. You'll see a link in the show notes for him for his YouTube channel. And I want to thank you again for listening to episode. And please, if you enjoyed this, tell someone, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell anybody. It's a great way to help help the show grow is let people know we need more listeners. I can do more of the show eventually. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, where I'm constantly posting new images and the upcoming episodes. I think I need to stop recording. All right. We will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.